This is a parental guidance moment. Welcome back to the Sunday service. Bruh, we are back, dude. We're back, We dude. are fucking back, cunt. Ah, oh, man. Trip to the USA, the land of the free and the home of the brave, bruh. Yeah, mate. You look like you had a fucking great time. And I purposely didn't ask you anything when you were over there. As much as I wanted to, dude, I wanted. I opened up the messenger to ask you, what, the, what are you doing? How was it? Tell me everything. Yeah. Like seven times, dude. And I was like, no, Taylor, chill. Leave it for the party cast. And it's difficult because we do talk to each other so often. Yes. And when then something epic happens, I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to tell him. And then, I, and then yeah, we did have the discussion that we wanted this <clears throat> to be, obviously, we're going to do a party cast, so you guys are going to hear plenty of stories. We're going to get a little bit day drunk because yeah, that's what you do on this podcast. And we wanted everything to be authentic when, um, when Taylor heard it for the first time, you guys will also hear about it for the first time as well. So... Mate, no good story can start without a fucking beer, lad. So let's get into this. Oh. We are drinking a New England IPA by our friends over at Good Folk. This is a 2.2 standard drink because, you know what, dude? Sometimes on the weekend you feel like a little bit of a fruity smack to the face and to celebrate Pride Month, we figured we better start this podcast with the fruitiest fucking beverage I could find. <clears throat> so, I, uh, I, I fucking got too carried away and didn't pour mine into the glass yet because I'm, yeah, just, Jesus, I'm just fucking, I'm excited to rip and tear. Cheers, bro. So good to see you again. Good to see you, dude. Let's go. Dude, I've fucking missed doing this podcast. I've met people who don't do a podcast, like don't really, I guess, get get it because it's so fucking fun, dude. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually going to be sick. I don't have to do the podcast for a while. And then like two weekends into that, I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude. And it's fucked when you see like news articles as well and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't even riff on this. Yeah, yeah, there's some stuff backlogged, which I guess is going to get brought up in future episodes, or maybe we, we just won't fucking worry about it, because this episode is about your your adventures. My adventures, <coughs> and um, I have to show you during the break, but I got a little, uh, I got a cool glass pipe over there for, um, for healing purposes. Ooh. I don't think I'll ever use it to heal, but maybe an ornament to remind me to heal. Does that make sense? Why won't you use it to heal? It's like, it's, you know, those guys that get fresh Jordans and then they can't wear them, but they just look at them and they just appreciate them. Oh, you mean uh, retards? Yeah, retards. That's the exact word that I was looking at. So you're trying to just say you're retarded? Yeah, well, <laughs> like I'm, I'm retarded for certain things. Like you, because uh, you are a shoe guy. So I understand, I guess that are, are you, you're like a keep it in the box guy. Uh, I'll keep good ones in the box and really? then pre bring them out to wear them. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I tell you what also I bring. What? Gifts. Gifts? I bring gifts, dude. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. So uh, look to your left there, mate. Oh, You'll shit. see a little gift there that. for you. Uh, so I've gift wrapped uh, a little present here and it says, 
to the high priest from the from the bishop. And mate, crack it open, dude. Let the listeners know. Because, like, what kind of guy... I'm unwrapping the gift right now. What kind of guy goes overseas and doesn't bring his boy back... Narcissist. ...a little memento? So... What is this? What you have there, my friend, is a two-part gift. Yeah. So the first part is that that's a black tube that you can carry your joints in. Right. So if you're ever going out and about and you want to discreetly take a joint with you but you don't want to crush it, now you've got this tube to do so. So if you squeeze it, it's like a little child lock. You can squeeze it and then twist it and open it up. Oh. And because I'm a fucking top bloke, oh. <laughs> I've rolled you a fatty for later on. So when you're hanging out with Ash over the weekend, you can you can spark that up. Mate, that's unreal. Thank you so much. But you can't smoke weed without a lighter. So have you seen your lighter there, dude? Oh, mate. It says the comedy mothership, dude. That's fucking awesome, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. That's no worries, dude. That's fucking no. Nah, that's unreal, man. Thank you so much. Because I, you know, I I got this I got this fresh comedy mothership hoodie on. Yeah, you do. I feel sponsored, um, and I wanted you to have. <laughs> that's so sick to buy something from somewhere. <laughs> and I want, <laughs> dude. I feel like they're sponsoring. Me, yeah, dude. dude. Dude, I feel like Vans have been sponsoring me since I was thirteen years old. Yeah, dude. We're uh, we're well, we're sponsored. We I wanted to be a sponsored athlete, but now I guess I'm a sponsored comic. But. Right, I was just like, this is a fresh hood. And uh, I, I, th- I thoroughly do enjoy it. Um, but I do have you another gift. Another gift? Another gift. Fuck, I don't deserve this. Oh, my God. So this <coughs> gift is a bit bigger gift. And uh, this was a tough one to smuggle in, but I smuggled it in, dude. What is it? It's a hoodie. It's a comedy mothership it's a comedy hoodie. Mothership dude. hoodie. So now you've got a genuine sponsorship from the comedy mothership, like myself. Oh, thanks, bro. And is that sizing going to be okay? I yeah. got an XL. Well, it's an extra large, dude. I think I'll be fine. Are you yeah. generally a two XL or XL kind of guy when it I'm comes to hoodies? I'm genuinely an L. An L. Oh, there you go. Well, historically, I've been an L, but in recent times, I've been an XL. Yeah. And I'm an XL right now, dude, because your boy's back up to 96 kilos. Yeah, well, so that was... I've been, been, I'm getting a bit sloppy with my routine. I've been only working out like once a week for the past like couple months. Yeah. So well, I I'll need to fucking get back. And I've been crushing snacks in winter. I, mean, I crush snacks in winter. What do you go to snack? <laughs> um, a Snickers and a cookies and cream connoisseur ice cream. Yeah. See, this is the That's down... That's what I get. This is the downside to <clears throat> smoking weed is that sweet tooth is un... Stoppable when it cools. Yep, and because I keep my diet in check the rest of the time, because I know that that's what happens. Yeah. I know that that's what happens. But usually when that happens, I'm still able to be working out as much as I work out. But, like, now that I have this fucking full-time job, dude, it's hard as fuck to do that, and I'm not working out at all. So I'm coupling the sweet tooth in winter coming out with the not working out so much. Yeah, dude. And that's boom, a that's, an ex- that's an extra six kilos on. Well, I tell, you what, smart. I tell you what I did. I traveled with my friend Perry, shout out to Perry, who loves to drink like more than I like to drink. And yeah. it wow. was, dude, every day just pounding Modelo's and just eating literally probably just fucking, it, dude, I swear to God, everything in America felt like it had bread Attached to it. Yeah. With the exception I, I of like too. when you go to like a barbecue place or something. Yeah. Um, so, dude, I'm right back in that fucking fat boy, fat boy life. Yeah. And, you know, the shirts that were looking good on me before I left, all of a sudden aren't looking so good. So, 
I think, mate, it's time to reignite the year of the hot boy. Yeah, look, mate, the year of the hot boy got shut down for a couple months. It look, was closed for maintenance. It blew an ACL. That's blew- what happened. <laughs> year of the hot boy has done his PCL. And he's fucking, you know, we've been in rehab and we've, you know what, we're just about to come back and play our first reserves game. Dude, my our, my <coughs> year of the hot boy has been a lot like Tom Trebojevic, just fucking constantly injured, comes back, has a blinder for a few weeks and then gets injured again. So, yeah. um, look, back in, uh, back in rehab, back to getting the year of the hot boy started because everyone knows summer bodies are built in the winter, dude. Summer bodies are built in the winter, dude. They're fucking built in the winter and they'd fucking cut... Cast from iron, and that's where we need to get back to. I'm, I'm gonna, you know what, dude? The experiment's over. The experiment's the over. The experiment's over, dude. Working out at home, unless you're able to get like a full proper setup. If I had like a full proper setup, I reckon I would do it. But if I'm just chilling with a fucking an adjustable bench and then two sets of dumbbells, not and that's it. it. That's not doing it for me, dude. Nah. So the the experiment's over. I'm gonna get a gym membership back. And I'm probably going to sell the things that I have. And, dudes, and then I'm just going to start going back to the gym like a fucking regular person who doesn't have ADHD and a fucking dopamine addiction that rules his life. Yeah, dude, I've got a dopamine addiction and ADHD <laughs> that rules my life too. But I think a good thing about a gym membership as well is you're also inspired by other hot people to, yeah. to pursue greatness of being hot. And how much you learn even when you don't talk to everyone else. Like, I've learned so much about going to the gym by the other dudes in the gym who are in better shape than me, just sort of just watching them do something. Like, if you go to the gym at the same time, usually, then you're just going to the gym with these people for years, whether you guys acknowledge it or not. You have gym buddies for, like, years, and you never speak to them. Yeah. It's just a, hey, bro. So though, yeah, How many just, sets you got left? Just, a like, a sup nod. Yeah. And that's about it, dude. Or, like... Every now and then, like a thumbs up if they like push through a lift or something. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's always a big self-esteem boost, dude. But I always like watch, like just what dudes, if a dude is in better shape than me, I just automatically assume he knows way more than me. Oh, he might not know fucking anything, really. He's just fucking, you know, didn't let himself get into such a worse shape and have so much far to come back as I did. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I look at his physique and I go, he probably... Is like a fucking sports scientist. At least he knows where to get the secret sauce from. <laughs> at least, yeah, at least he knows something. He knows someone where they have got the secret sauce. And uh, sometimes that's what you need in your life. But, mate, I am itching to tell you a few American stories. So Go for it. <coughs> prior to leaving, we ended up booking a hotel just near the airport. So when you've got a really early flight, you have to be there is like in the three shower? hours earlier. Yeah. So this is this is day this is the I'm starting at the start right now. Right, okay. The day before we fly out. Oh, okay. okay. Chronological order. Yeah, we're gonna go in chronological order. Okay, I've I like made that. some notes of funny <laughs> shit that's happened over there. And um yeah, so so it's the first night. <laughs> no, go for it, man, because honestly I'm just getting higher and higher. <laughs> 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 it happens, dude. Fuck it'll get you. <sighs> You know what it is, dude, because, sorry, uh, sorry we, we will go in a second, but your bong, dude, has such, like, a bigger comb piece than mine, so I just have a comb piece, and then I realise, oh, shit, I think I've just had four cones. Yeah, that used to get everyone. <coughs> everyone, every one of my friends that used to pack that up would have the exact same reaction, dude, so. All right, go for you're it. You're not alone. So, first night, Perry and I are chilling uh, at this, at the hotel, and we decide to go down and grab 
a leisurely couple of beers and food. And we're like, we're not getting carried away. We're just going to have a few leisurely beers. And they stumped us immediately with the old half pint or pint scenario. Oh, yeah. So now we're engaged in drinking pints at school. Ambitious of both of you two to think that you two have any business having leisurely beers. Oh, dude, it was... That's unreal. It was, yeah, it was it was fucking hilarious. So we're sitting there, we're pounding the beers, we get a few um, chicken burgers. All of a sudden, we see this fucking full-on army dude dressed in camo, the boots, the, you know, the weird, you know, the weird hats with the chin strap and like one side of it's flipped up. He, he walks in and we're like, what the fuck? So we're sinking a few beers. He comes and sits at the tables next to us. And, um, there's like maybe 10 other tables. There's like a big fern bush in front of us. Sorry, big hedge in front of us. So it's kind of blocking him, but we can still see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though he's got camouflage on. Like, yeah. that's how good our eye was. Probably about 10 minutes later, all these people just start kind of roaming in. They'd probably be about 18 to 22 years old, guys and girls, sitting down. And we realise <coughs> this is like the last night of their freedom. He's about to, like, he starts giving this speech of, you know, you guys got to be ready to go at 0600 tomorrow morning. If you don't know what time that is, that is 6 o'clock. We are using 24-hour time. If you don't know it, learn it fast. Like, he's given one of these speeches. Right. And me and Perry are just sitting there going, fuck Giving him hell. a welcome to the jungle speech. Welcome to the jungle. So, yeah, he's basically telling everyone, this is your last night. You cannot consume any alcohol tonight. And then they're going to pretty much go off to basic training camp tomorrow. And he goes... I'm in, um, what does he say? He goes, my number is, and he reads his phone number out and he goes, I need you guys all to message me with the room number that you're in. And he goes once again. And Perry looks at me and Perry goes, should I write down his number? And I go, absolutely. So Perry writes his number (laughs) down. Yeah. We start drinking a few beers. Perry texts him and goes, Hey, Big Daddy, I'm in room number 134. (laughs) (laughs) Perry then, like, instantly just, like, turns his phone on silent and puts the screen down, and we just sit there proceeding to have, like, pretending to have no idea what's going on. So sitting there, drinking a few more beers, and this guy just starts pacing around the room, and he's just calling Perry, like, five or six times, trying to see, like, whose it is. (laughs) And I've got my phone, like, face up on the table. So at one point he's standing right behind me looking down at our table to see if there's, like, if he can hear a vibration or if he can see a phone ringing. Anyway, he eventually leaves, just starts sending Perry all these messages like, this is a defence, Australian Defence Force number, identify yourself right now. And then, like, keeps trying to call Perry. So, like, <laughs> Perry's having, like, a bit of a freak out. He's like, should we just go back to the room? I was like, yeah, man, we may as well. And um, anyway, Perry, like, sends him a message. just like, hey, mate, you read your, ne- your number out in a busy restaurant. We're just taking the piss. Relax. And he goes, he replies and goes, delete my number immediately. And Perry goes, yep, it's deleted. The only way, no, I'll, the only way I'll hear back from you is if you reply to this text. So Perry shuts it down, right? Right. And then we're sitting there and it's like, that was pretty funny. I should tell the boys, eh? I was like, yeah, the boys are going to kick out of it. 
<laughs> so, dude, like, Perry's a better man than me. I would have taken that for a, a long ride. Yeah, a no. long ride, dude, man. Because fucking military cunts. So military people are are either like sick as fuck, or they're just the gayest cunts, dude. Yeah, the gayest cunts. And I understand that they're like, you know, you definitely can't just have <laughs> someone's defense forces fucking number. But at the same time. Don't get mad at everyone else because you have clearly done something stupid and now you're pissed off because you know that if something happens, people above you are going to be like, how did they get that number? And you're going to have to go, I read it out loud in a busy restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell like you, what, a fucking dumbass, dude. I tell you what kind of military guy he was as well, like. He, he was the guy that I reckon joined the army with ambitions of being a bad motherfucker that was possibly delusional. And now he's like, you train the new recruits. You do the inductions for the new recruits. Yeah. So I think maybe... Or someone who might have been a sick hunt and it just got to the point now where they were like, nah, like you're, we're done with you now. And then those dudes all spend like... Dude... People in the military who are like fucking sick hunts that you see in like movies, like... Da, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. The ones with like they PTSD. drastically, they drastically exaggerate how old people can still do that in the movies. Oh, there's like there's 45 like forty five year, year old Mark Wahlberg is like a fucking Navy SEAL or some yeah, shit, and, dude. And he's, no, dude, and it's some like it's some twenty nine year old psychopath that has never known love and has never has ostracized himself from his family and his friends, and he's just got tunnel vision to the fucking. Child sex trafficking ring being run in fucking Pakistan through fucking <laughs> Azerbaijan. And he's fucking over there, dude, just staring at himself in the mirror, dude. It's not fucking old dudes. Yeah, dude. And then those dudes eventually, they're just like, you're too old to do this. It's like footballers. Yeah, they just get a, a, a tap bit, on the shoulder one day. They just get a tap on the shoulder and be like, hey, mate, your services are no longer required. Or they just get fucking injured and medically failed out. Yeah. So I think and then they get a job in the public service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they have to deal with morning teas and printer paper and having to train the new recruits. Yeah, and having to train the fucking new recruits. 18-year-olds that don't know 24-hour time. So Perry sends his message to the boys, right? Not thinking anything of it. We pass out, fall asleep. Perry wakes up in the morning and he's like, fuck, fuck. And I was like, what? <coughs> and he goes... One of the boys messaged the army dude. And I was like, what? Hilarious. They were like, what did he say? And he goes, uh, "In I'm in room 69. I'm your worst nightmare. <laughs> we're like, Why the fuck would he text that? So we text the bloke. We're like, why'd you say that? And he's just like, I don't know. I was drunk and thought it was funny. <laughs> so now there's a that whole, is funny. There's a whole group chat that just has this fucking cunt's number, man. But... um. Oh, that's good. Dude, so we fly out and the fucking, bro, the flight out. So 14 hours on this flight in front of us are two feral Bogans. Oh, yeah. A young Bogan family and just like little kids. The, um, bro, I don't, like, I'm a long leg kind of guy. I don't know you, if you've ever noticed no, this you, about you me. No, you do. I have noticed about you. Your legs are disproportionate to your body. Yeah. They are longer. You I look got, like... I got you, six foot legs listen, and fucking five foot frame. You look like one of those dudes that has gotten like height surgery. Because <laughs> you know how they... $80,000 yeah, in height surgery. Because those dudes, 
get like leg lengthening surgery yeah. and then they don't do anything to their arms. So they just, they're just big long leg cunts with like little arms. Yeah, dude, I'm a daddy long legs. And you bro. look like that. I'm a fucking daddy long legs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, bro, I've realized recently like how bad it is flying because it really depends on the person that's in front of me. Yeah. So this. What? How did you fly? What? What? This is just so, economy. Yeah, economy. Cattle class up the back. This cunt, bro. Fucking. As soon as the the Bing light goes off, he's just fucking bang, like reclined fully, like straight onto my legs, and I'm like, fuck, bro. And then he's got these two feral kids that are just like jumping around. Kids like just staring over the top of their seat directly at you. Right. And it's like, stop looking at me, you little cunt. Like, yeah. This is making yeah. me fucking uneasy, dude, and I can't sleep. It's survival instinct, dude, because they're still children. They're trying to find, like, a safer, better fucking family to raise them. Oh, fucking so hell, It's like, mate. instinctively, it's like, hey, can you please take me away from these people who definitely drank when they were pregnant with me? <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, they've got, like, fucking... Like the black lung Because their dad Smokes fucking cigarettes Inside the car Whilst driving them around Like that's the kind of family That we're talking about Yeah So halfway through the flight Like the air stewardess Comes up to me She can see that I'm not asleep And she's like Is everything all good And I was just like Yeah man Like this guy's basically Sitting in my lap And I was like I guess the only way It could get better Is if the guy in front of him Stops being a cunt She's like Yeah okay fair enough So she like went and told Old mate in front, like two in front to like lean his chair forward a little bit and then it had a carry on effect. So I managed to get like a little bit of my leg room back. So that was okay, good. That was all right, but still no sleep. They came to your rescue. They came to my they rescue. They are heroes. Oh, dude, they, I can you imagine being an air stewardess? Like, not for a fucking second. Cut. It would, I suck, know, dude. I know two women who have done it and they both are in agreement that it's the single worst job that they've ever had. Yeah, dude, you they fucking despise it. They both quit. I'm not surprised. You're, you're like, your sleep rhythm's all out of pack. You're putting up with, dude, the, the, the like, one thing I really noticed this time, and I think it's like, because I've just been doing comedy since I, like, when I got back to my last overseas trip, I basically, like, long US trip, I wasn't doing comedy then, and then, like, I've started doing it, but it's like, you noticed, you noticed the biggest pieces of shit you've ever seen in your entire life. Congregating around airports Yeah that Why do you think There's so much Airport material And flight material mm. In comedy world dude Because comedians Are always flying Always on planes It's just you, They're just getting pumped With the worst of humanity On a weekly basis How it's, do you How do they not All talk about it Way more It's fucked dude So They're Yeah I'm just looking at these <clears throat> Like these disgraceful humans We get to LAX, go through customs, and then have to catch a flight directly to Chicago. Fuck, cunt. So there's, like, no sleep for maybe 17 hours of travel at least. And then you fly from Perth to Mount Isa. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. Um, Yeah, so we, we get to fucking, we get to Chicago. My best mate lives there. First thing he does, like, when we get in, we walk upstairs. He's rolled a J. We go up to the rooftop. His whole view, bro, is just of the city. He can see the United Center where the Bulls play from his house. We just start smoking this doobie. Then he brings out Bud Lights, and we're just like, yes, dude, (laughs) Bud Lights. Like, Bro, in my heart, I was like, Shane Gillis would be very proud of me right now for drinking this Bud Light. 
for like few days in Chicago, bro, we're just hounding the piss because it's yeah. like full on. Now it's happened. We're in uh, we're in American mode. Let's yeah. go fucking ripping and tearing. And his missus was like, "Oh, you guys should go for a walk at some point and uh, just kind of see the city a little bit. Like you've basically just gone to." Bro, we went to this baseball game, cunt. Yeah. It was fucking lit. So you go to the fucking, there's a bar, it's like an Irish bar, really close to Wrigley Stadium, where like everyone just goes and sinks piss there. And then we went to the game, a couple of hot dogs, thousand beers. Like Perry fell asleep in, at like during the baseball. <laughs> fucking like, a little drunk and not off nap. And then we get... It's the game to do it, but... Yeah, it's the game to do it. We get back to... We get out of there, and then we go to this place called Sluggers. Great. Bro, it's like all these different pitching machines, these nets, all the piss, and then like baseball bats and shit. So like you just walk up into into like a batter's cage, take the fucking bat out, like pay some money, and it just starts shooting... Fucking fastballs at you, and you just tonk them with a baseball just bat. Ding and ha- we, could you ding, bro? So I used to play. I used to play like softball and baseball when I was a kid. Oh, that okay. was my like best sport, but I the one that I cared the least about. Right, and it was pretty funny because <laughs> that's funny that people do that, dude. Soccer was that for me, dude. I was the best at soccer, and then I just stopped playing it. Yeah, because it's just like <laughs> ah, this is kind of. Fucking so my parents gay. were like, "You only get to play one. You're not playing more than two sports." And I was like, "Oh, well, then I'll definitely, obviously, play football." Yeah, and um, yeah, so like it's weird because like there's a few different holes. So initially, <clears> you don't know which one it's going to come out of, and then it'll just shoot one out, and then it's like a late reaction. But then as soon as you lock into which hole it's coming, like it just was like instant muscle memory of just like you see it, and it's just like step into it and just fucking tonk it. I had some American lad who was, like, just so excited that I could hit a baseball. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, buddy, that was fucking great. And I was like, we have baseball in Australia. Yeah, we've dude. got like, it. The expectations of us are just so low. Um, so, yeah, for fucking, like, three days, all we're doing is pounding the piss, man, mm. and go for a stroll after stopping by a weed dispensary and just right. get this get this vape of this granddaddy perp. Bruh. High as fucking all get out. Yeah. This is how high I was, dude. We walk out and I notice this tree has really particular bark where it looks like plaited hair. Mm. And I'm like, guys, have a look how fucking cool this tree is. And I'm like trying to get them to appreciate the tree as much as I am. And then I'm like, oh, dude, you're just blasted like really high right now. No one else is this baked. Yeah. When you start complimenting trees, you are gone. You're gone, dude. And it's just like, it's such a thing to do. Like the first time you get high is just be like, whoa, nature, dude. (laughs) Whoa, everything looks like just taking things that look nice. Yeah, dude. You're just looking at the sky. Which is like some of the best parts about getting high. Oh, absolutely. It's like you just go and look at nice stuff. Yeah, dude. You You just appreciate the smaller details way more. And we walk in, uh, this, this story is a little bit boring, but I'm getting to, I'm getting to the point which will set this up. So we're walking and we get down to Lake Michigan, which just looks like a beach in Chicago. It's fucking sick. I was like, why didn't you tell us to bring our swimmers, dude? Like we could have went for a swim here. And then we look across and we see a bar. It's like 10.30 in the morning after we've Do just, people swim in Lake Michigan? Yeah, absolutely. Like as if it's like a beach? Yeah. And it fully just looks like a beach, dude. Sick. Yeah. I know cuz I know it's obviously fucking massive. And then it freezes during the winter time, which yeah. is nuts. And um so we walk up to this bar and bro, I'm high as fuck right now. Sick. 
And we walk up and we see like this black, like bouncer dude. And he's like, yeah, guys, like come on in. And then like, as like my two friends are walking, he like stops and he looks at my tattoos on my leg, like of Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. And he's just like, bro, your tattoos. And then I got like instant anxiety of like, oh no, does he like not approve of like tattoos? Like, cause I never thought like <coughs> having like two black rappers tattooed on you would make me feel weird. Not here. Not in Australia. But then when I was in America, I was just like, oh, dude, are the people going to think this is like some sort of racist shit? Like, yeah, gonna they're going to be like, are you culturally appropriating? It's like, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yes, I'm doing. But I'm Australian I'm though. And they'll be like, oh, okay. I'm like, I told, I'm the great scholar. We're from criminals. Australia. We don't know any better. Yeah, we don't know any better. And he just complimented it. So we go in. So that was like, he'd alleviated that problem because I thought he was going to like be a bit like, what the fuck, bro? And we're sitting there. And we decide to get some some cocktails. Right. 10.30 in the morning. And my friend goes, it's pretty funny that my missus was like, get out and see the city, go to the beach, check out some shops, stop going to bars. And he goes, you guys saw the beach for two minutes, got upset that you didn't have swimmers, and then we just go straight to the bar across the road from it and start drinking. And then it's funny. Like, yeah, I'm on holiday. You know, that's exactly right. And you know when you're on holiday that you'll have a funny phrase that you yeah. just say. Yeah. And then it just sticks and it's only ever funny to you and your mate. So I, I go, yeah, bro, we're just having a few fruit smoothies in the morning. And we just are hosing ourselves because we're <laughs> so high and referring to cocktails as fruit smoothies. And I was like, if your missus asked what we're doing, just say that we went out, went for a walk on the beach. It was romantic. And then we had some fruit smoothies. So we're pounding these fruit smoothies Get home and she's like, how was, how was your day? What'd you do? We're like, yeah, it was pretty good, man. We went down to the beach and then just went and had a few fruit smoothies. <laughs> and for like the rest of the trip, dude, it was just like every time we wanted to get a cocktail, it's like, fuck, I might have to get a fruit smoothie, eh? Yeah, no, nah, it's good. Um, so now I just want to tell you a quick yarn about this is, this is all time form, dude. So we go to the... Wedding and the wedding is at a Girl Scout camp, like a summer camp. Okay, and I've never been to one of these things ever before, right? But basically, it's in the middle of Michigan, or in middle of like North Michigan, I think. <coughs> it's in a place called Linden, Michigan, mm-hmm. and it's just on this lake. There's like little rooms here and there. There's pools. There's like a big open hall and shit, and like we get there. As soon as we get there, we, like, go in and we meet the bridesmaids. And we're like, fuck, what's up? Like, I'm Brad. This is Perry. This is Mike. Blah, blah, blah. Meet these girls. They're all pretty cool. And, uh, like, the day goes past. We set everything up for the wedding because it's all, like, a self-sufficient wedding. So we had to kind of help set up and do a few things and have the rehearsal dinner. Dude, every one of the bridesmaids smokes weed. Nice. And I was like, you guys are fucking sick cunts, man. This is the best. People are just drinking, smoking weed. The next day we wake up and uh, we realize that three of the bridesmaids are single mm-hmm. and we've got one single groomsman on the on the bridal party. So every groomsman is like, Perry, you need to pick up the torch and you need to fucking rally for that green card, dude. Yeah. You need to put in the fucking legwork. It's up to you, son. Yeah. And we start applying the blowtorch very subtly and he just starts getting like worked up and like carried away bro we're just pounding drinks adderall's going around there is 
weed flowing and we're just in the Perry. At one point, one of the bridesmaids comes up to me. She's like, hey, can you tell Perry to leave me the fuck alone? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah, dude, no stress. Leave it with me. I'll tell him to cool his jets. So I go and find the boys. I'm like, Perry struck out with one of them already. <laughs> and I'm like, Perry, you got to leave her alone, mate. And he's like, oh, okay, fuck. And one of the bridesmaids just seems like way drunker than the other one. And I was like, leave her alone as well, man. Like, yeah, that one's gone. You don't want any fucking dramas. <laughs> That's a DNF. Yeah. And anyway, so we're putting the pressure on him and the night gets carried away, dude. They're just bass pumping out bangers. At one point I was so drunk, dude, I just had a mop and was just like dancing with the mop on this fucking dance floor. <laughs> going fucking bananas. And... um we get back to like towards the end of the night and I am pretty wasted at this point because one of the chicks gave me an edible oh. and it like had the most delayed kick in of all time. I think because obviously you're at a wedding, you're drinking heaps. You've had so We've much had food. Of Adderall, dude. Had Adderall. Like <clears throat> you're fucking, you're on, you know, you're on, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. And so then I'm like, fuck dude, I'm kind of fucked. Like I need to go to bed, man. I'm fucking wasted. All of a sudden, we can't find Perry. Like, where the fuck is Perry at? And the bride tells the groom, hey, go in our suite and grab this for me. So he's like, yeah, sweet. No worries. Walks into his bridal suite to find Perry hooking up with the bride's cousin in the bridal suite, dude. No. <laughs> Perry, dude, you, what you, happened? You sneaky dog. Do you get in, obviously get in trouble? Yeah, they were like, Will, like the groom's like, the funniest thing was because he walks in and he's like, it's your like visual reaction when you walk in on someone hooking up that you're in the wrong. You're, you're like, like, oh shit, sorry. Oh fuck, like my bad. And then like walked out and then the bride's like, did you grab the stuff? And he's like, no. And she's like, why not? And he's like, Perry's in our room hooking up with your cousin. And she's like, what the fuck? And you didn't kick them out? And then, <laughs> then the groom's like, yeah, wait, yeah, I should have kicked these guys out. <laughs> so his instinct was like, well, my boy's trying to get some pussy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking, what do you want me to do, honey? <laughs> so he goes like he- This will, is the man you married. Huh? You know I've never cocked, blocked a friend in my life. Yeah, I'm dude, not going to start now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the OG dude, Will, shout bro. Shout out, Will, like, dude. That's it, dude. nice. Um, so then like he goes back in and he's like, Hey guys, like you have to take this somewhere else. So then he walks out, like according to Perry, this is what happens. He then walks out of his room and then walks into a different room, but it was the wrong room again. And he was like, Oh bro. Like I just couldn't find our room. Maybe if that was the first night. You know, you get, we were pretty blackout last night as well. And like mm. you found the room. Like, yeah. And, like, we didn't have, like, a bathroom. Like, it was a cabin. So, you have to walk into, like, this mainstay lodge to, like, use a shared bathroom and then come back. So, it's like, how did you not get lost on the first night? First night makes way more sense. Yeah. And it's just, like, second night, night of the wedding, you walk into the bride and groom's bridal suite, which is clearly nothing like your, your room. Mm. Like, they've fucking had to put, like, a makeshift double bed together. 
like you slept clearly on a single fucking bunk bed last night. Like, what are you doing? He just had fucking tunnel vision, dude. Bro, he, was, he had pussy vision. He was just trying to get that job done as tunnel quickly pussy and vision. as efficiently as possible. And he picked the bridal suite to do it. But it made me think, dude, bro, if this happened in Australia. There's a lot of brides that I know that wedding is ruined immediately. I know she, like, I know... I've been to weddings where, like, I've seen brides flip out over the color of the shade of pink that the roses were. Yep, and I've like, seen I've seen brides flip out during the middle of someone's speech because they said something in the speech that wasn't quite right. Yeah, shit like that. And the reason is because, like, here in Australia, there's always this fucking story that gets told to little girls that. Your wedding day is going to be the best day of your life. One day you're going to marry the man of your dreams. It's going to be the perfect day, blah, 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 blah. That's all around the world. The whole, whole world it's probably all around the world. Imagine, dude, being a girl, planning a wedding to the man of your dreams. You decide to do it, like, self-sufficiently. So, like, yep. there's as little outside influence in your fucking day as possible. You go and do all this shit. You set everything up. You've got your friends and family there. And then... When you decide to go back to your room to make sweet, tender love for the first time under the watchful eye of the Lord, as he intended to, yep. and your cousin's in there trying to cop some pipe in your bridal suite, yeah, that would ruin your f- some family dynamics in Australia. Dude. Yeah, like, dude. I know so many women that would be like, oh, I'm never chatting to my cousin again. Dude, you're trying to join this union. Properly under the eyes of God, the way he wanted, the dude. way that he wanted, dude. And then you go to do that, and <laughs> dude, the disrespect—that's <laughs> <laughs> fucked, cunt. But that's honestly so funny, dude. And honestly, well done to Perry for taking it down, dude. And no, shout out to his uh, to. Uh, because like the next day, she was sitting there like joking about it. She said the truest thing. She goes. I have no problem with the act that you were trying to do. Yeah. None at all. I had a problem with the location you were trying to do that at. Which is more than fair enough. Absolutely. The only people who should be soiling those sheets are the people who fucking organized those sheets in particular to be soiled by them. Yeah. So all knows about us, dude, is that we are fucking wild degenerates that love to drink. The first night she meets us gets an example of us being degenerates who likes to drink. And then the next night Perry goes and does that. And it's just like, the thing is, man, imagine like being in the situation where your missus is like, or like, or just being the bride in this situation of it's just like, Hey, so I'm thinking about having the Australian boys on my bridal party. And she's like, Oh, you mean the three wild motherfuckers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to have them on the bridal party. You mean the two that I, I don't know yet? And he's like, yeah, we'd love to have them on. And then a groomsman who you've known for 48 hours hooks up with your cousin in the fucking, in the bunkhouse that you're designed to sleep in after making the marriage to love your life under the watchful eye of the Lord. Did. It's all the things she had to talk herself out of worrying about. Yeah. Actually, then happening. Happen- <laughs> 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 ah, 
yeah, yeah, she's probably but the whole time. You're like, look, it's probably fine. That was eight years ago. They would have grown up. I like this is all your mate been like. Look, that, that was eight years ago. Yeah. they're different now. They fucking they're in relationships except for one of them, and then they're fucking. You know what I mean? And yeah. then <laughs> and then the first night they're like, oh, all right. And then he's just like, look, it's it's their first night here. They're on holidays. They're just you fucking. They're just, they're just yeah, come a bit of slack. Well, they're probably still jet lagged. And then fucking. <laughs> The next night, dude, one of them's fucking finger blasting your fucking dumpy cousin <laughs> on a fucking love heart bed with roses everywhere. Dude, it was fucking, it was fucking wild, man. Um, so then we go back to Chicago. For How f- was the wedding itself, though? So good, good, good. dude. Good so them, good man. because like, there's a few things like that kind of go into a wedding, and it's just like full on, like just good, like when family. Like, when there's two families and, like, those families love the company of, like, their family. You know, like, when your cousins genuinely enjoy the company of one another? Yes. It's like, it was like that on a bigger scale. So, like, everyone was there. And Will's dad was, like, so happy to see us that he cried. It was, like, he was crying tears of joy. And I was like, damn, dude, the last time I saw you, you were like, hey, like, it was good to see you, but you can't come back here for five years. Mm. Like, I didn't think you liked me at all. But he was just, like, so happy to see us. Got a shout out in the um, in the in the wedding speech. His dad just roasted us. It was so fucking. It yeah. was so fucking good. But then, like the good thing was, like all the bridesmaids were cool. Mm. The bride was cool, and then like I love all the groomsmen. They're all fucking. They're all real good mates. So it was just like, oh, dude, no one here's being a cunt. What the, f- like is are the girl like is some girl upset or angry about something? Like the girls are getting ready somewhere else. But by the time they came, chilled with us. Yeah. Happy days. We drank. We has, ate has, food. Has we at least one mother-in-law felt kind of like the other mother-in-law is being a bitch and now she's just going to let it ruin her entire evening? Yeah. Like nothing. No bad shit happened. Like, awesome, dude. It was just all fucking good times. And I was like, fuck, man. I was like, that gave me faith in, in going to weddings again. Because it's like, I've been to a few where you're just like, fuck, this whole thing is just a nightmare. Yeah, dude, absolutely, man. Like I've been to, I've been to weddings, obviously that have been really good. Um, like last year, I went to a couple of weddings that were great up on the sunny coast, and then I've also just been to weddings where I'm just going like, dude, have you ever been to a wedding, and you've for real been like, dude, they should break up. Yeah, why the fuck are they th- on their wedding? How on earth are you having an attitude with each other? On the wedding day. Yeah. It's, what the fuck for? It's wild, dude. I because one of you wants to fucking speak to someone who they invited to their wedding for too long instead of hanging around and fucking get having a thousand photos of the same fucking thing taken. Oh, dude. It'd be a fucking nightmare. Like, I've been to weddings as well where, you know how, like, stress and pressure reveals, like, the true character of a person? Yes. I've seen some where i like... It's like that saying where it's like, you don't know who someone is until they don't get what they want. Yeah. Or yeah. It's, it was like, it was seriously like watching that. Sometimes I've been to a wedding where I was just like, Oh, well, she's a cunt. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's I was like, honest, honestly, dude, if I'm going to be really honest, that's what the sentence I say is every time. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gone, man, he's a dickhead. Yeah. I think every time this has happened in this particular situation, I've always gone, dude, she's a bitch. Yeah, she's been a, m- and then like, and then part of you's like, oh, I guess better him than me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, oh, at least he's taken her off the fucking that's board. That's his mistake. Have you ever been to a wedding and you're like, this won't last? 
This won't be this motherfucker's first wedding. I know it like by the time he's fucking thirty three, he's gonna remarry, he's gonna have a few stepkids. Yes. This motherfucker's getting remarried. Yes, absolutely for sure. And I've been right fifty percent of the time so far and still waiting on the other. Yeah. And I've gone, this will not last at all, dude, and the, the marriage lasted less than eighteen months. It um uh, it gets you it gets you on the big jobs, man. Um I'm just trying to <laughs> uh thinking of other funny funny things we had like <laughs> i'm gonna we were one of the jokes we were talking about is just starting a dildo company right called moot sticks international <laughs> <laughs> and the slogan is a stick for every moot <laughs> a stick for every moot Bro, just and what's like, in all shapes and sizes? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how we got that on there, but that's just a note that's written in my phone. And, and um, one of the other things, dude, that I wanted to tell you about was, um, so at the end of the wedding, we're, we're clearing everything up and we're helping packing up. And <laughs> we carry these bit like we're like, we'll empty the bins, not realizing how far we had to walk to empty these fucking bins, dude. It was like a, probably a mile and a half walk with these heavy bins. Yep. And as we get up there. Which is fucking far, dude. It's a long That's time. fucking dude, a mile and a half's like two point two Ks. Yeah, it was it was a it was a stroll, dude. Like Fuck. And we lifting like these heavy bins that are awkward to carry, so we had to like do teamwork on it. <laughs> and then as we're emptying the bins, one's got like I don't know if it's called the jockey strap or a hockey strap. You know like those elastic straps that have like the two hooks on it? Jock straps. No, nah, not jock straps like underwear, dude. No, it's the jock strap. I think they call it. Tell the it story. It's the job strap. <laughs> okay, it's a, jo- <laughs> a jock strap, right? Yeah. So the boys go, oh, we're like, we'll fucking, we've got to let go of that to like get the bin liner off, right? Because mm-hmm. the bin liner's folded over the side and the strap has it locked in. So one of the boys on un- un- Perry unclips it. And then just <laughs> lets it go. <laughs> dude, no, dude. It swings around and hits my mate Mike right in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and we died, cut. We're just like, bro, like, when was the last time you saw your best friend get hit in the nuts? Oh, dude, dude it's the funniest it's, it thing ever, so dude. fucking good, cut. Oh, and, was, and at this age. Oh, dude. Because you, you definitely don't see it as much now at this age, man. Like, Remember when it was like you were seeing at least one of your mates getting hit in the nuts at least once or twice a week? Yeah, dude, at high school. High school, dude, Sack even works. a little bit out. Like I, li- I lived in a share house with my two best mates for like t- three years. Dude, every now and then, dude, someone gets slapped in the fucking nuts or slapped in the face or something just for no reason. Yeah, just, dude. Just because. Just co- like your joke that you used to have where you just cork your mate's leg out of like a sh- show of endearment. Yes. Oh, man. <sighs> fucking so good. And um, where did you go, dude? So next we go to, <clears throat> so we go back to Chi- Chicago, Chi-Town, chill for a few days, um, ate some shrooms, had some uh, had some, some buds. Dude, what is the food situation that you were copping over there? We copped a Were de- you fucking just munching, dude? Because I know that, because when I'm on holidays, I munch. And there's not, almost not a worse place for your health to be holiday munching than the United States of America. Well, in Chicago, we had um, we went to this place called Portillo's, which is like a famous sandwich joint there. Yeah. And bro, like it's like kind of like a Subway type sub, I guess you'd say, type of bread, but it just blows Subway out of the water. We had deep dish pizza in Chicago. Yeah. Bro, the Mexican food over there is non, like you can't play with it here. No. Like... 
Anchohitos in town, like, goes pretty close to it. But, bro, the Mexican food over there was just fucking unreal cunt. And, um... Well, because they're there. They're there. And it's all... Mexicans it's, are there. Like, it's getting made by real-life Mexicans, dude. Yeah. So, we go to Miami next and hop off the plane from Chicago and it's like, bro, it's 36 degrees. Yeah, fuck. And I'm like, fuck. You forgot. This is so hot, dude. This is like brutal. So we get in there, we get to our Airbnb. It's got a shared pool, chill spot, close to South Beach. So just right. like two blocks away from, and we're at the beach. We're on like two blocks from Miami Drive, basically. Fuck yeah. And let me tell you about Miami, son. Tell me about it. The hottest bitches on the planet. Yeah, they are. Are in there. <clears throat> For sure. Dude, and i tell you what I think was happening around that time. Pride. Oh, there's fucking rainbow flags everywhere. It was that caught me off guard. I was just like, I'm yeah, like, we don't really was, get around it too much here. Over there, well, because over do. there it's corporate. Yeah, it's not as much corporate here, which is something oh, I've noticed. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely corporatized here. I'm gonna grab a beer. Do you want one? Yeah, get one. Yeah, but I feel like um, when here especially, dude, you don't see as many like corporations and companies and shit going overboard with it as much as you do over there. It's more like the people and shit. Yeah, it was just, it was, it, they were fucking everywhere. And, like, not that I give a fuck, like, but, yeah, I, that's what I noticed. I was like, fuck, there's a lot of rainbow flags. And then I was like, oh, it's, it's Pride Month, I guess. Like, I wonder if they go back away or if they just stay out the entire time. Like, I just don't know. But Miami, bruh. Miami, dude. So, international, like, I think there was, like, the bikini swimwear thing was on. Mm. Then as well, Miami Heat are playing in the NBA Finals when we're in Miami. Oh, so the city's just fucking humming, humming, dude. Like ready to rock and roll. We go down to the beach, and brah, the talent is just ungodly. Like walking the streets is fucked. Yeah, like I I describe it as like having you know how they say goldfish have three second memories. Yeah. It was just like, you'd be walking down the street with like a case of piss going to your Airbnb and you're just like, oh my God, it's the hottest girl that I've ever seen. Damn, dude. What an angel. What an angel. What a blessing today has been. Yeah. And then you keep walking and then 10 seconds later, you're like, oh my God, that is, that is the hottest girl I've ever seen. What an angel, dude. What a- <laughs> What a fucking blessing. Just dude. Groundhog Minute every fucking dude, minute, dude, for the whole time you're there. Yeah, which I was just like, fuck, Perry, a lot of blessings in yeah. Miami, dude. And um, so we... Well, that's the slut capital of the world. Yeah, but, and like the thing, it's like the Gold Coast on steroids, but yes. like I didn't see like juiced up dudes, but like you definitely saw, but like you saw heaps of hot Cuban, like Latin American chicks there because mm. obviously it's so close to Cuba. But the white girls have evolved to have like dumpers over there as well. Yeah, like, they so have. they're doing like squats and they're doing their glutes every day. And then you see some chicks with like genuine like diaper fake asses with like the skinny legs and then Yeah. BBLs where you can tell for sure that they've done absolutely no work on getting their hamstrings and quads to even remotely look like it's the same fucking body. Yeah. It was it was fucking wild, dude. So we end up like being like, we need to go somewhere and just experience some like pretty authentic stuff. So we went to this one cafe and bro, nothing was really in English. We're just pointing at pictures. They're speaking to us in Spanish and we're just like, 
just nodding and agreeing, which like isn't the smartest thing to do when you don't understand the mm. language, just to nod, smile and agree. They're just suggesting to you the more expensive items and you're just going, yeah. Yeah, dude, fuck yeah. no. Dirl it up. So they make us these really good sandwiches and stuff and the next day we go out to this Peruvian restaurant. Right. Bro, let me tell you about it. Before we went, actually, I'll just I'll get in. So we rock up to this restaurant there's like an Instagram influencer, like in like a corporate kind of dress, just to welcome us in. So she's called a host. Mm. Her job's be hot, welcome people. She did a great job, and I was like, damn, I was like, fuck, she's fucking hot as dude. Sit down, and the waiter comes up, ten. The two dudes behind the bar, tens. Every other waiter, ten. And I'm just looking at Perry, and I'm like, bro. We are bringing the average down so much being yeah, here too. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, there's hot people everywhere. Like, we shouldn't be here. Do you know where it's kind of like that quickly that I've no- that I noticed when I was living up there, dude? Dude, Noosa. Oh, yeah? Dude, I was, I'd go up to Noosa pretty frequently because it's fucking nice and it's like, what, like a 45-minute drive from fucking the sunny coast. And you would just go to, like, Gloria Jeans, dude, the girl making coffee. Ten. Yeah. You go to fucking Betty's Burgers. The chick who fucking brings out your fucking burgers. Ten. Walking around. Dudes just the hottest. Like, dudes who... People who are so hot that you can just tell that they're, they're from money. Because, like, somewhere along the line, like, a dude has made heaps of money and then just married the hottest chick. And yeah. then they had hot kids. And then yeah. those hot kids married all the other rich dudes who got hot girlfriends' kids. And yeah. then there's just like a community, like a whole just class hotties. of people yeah. who are just hot. And then people are just born and then they have to, they work at Boost Juice, but they're fucking dimes. Yeah. It's exactly like that, dude. Yeah. It's like that on the grandest scale that you yeah. can pretty much imagine. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like kind of looking around the restaurant. It's a real cool restaurant. And I glance over. I see a dude who's probably six foot three, fat Cuban boy. Yeah. Wearing skinny jeans that he shouldn't have been wearing. Some Yeezy 300s or 350s, sorry, which is some Yeezy shoes. A hoodie. And across the tape, like he's got a shaved head with like lines and patterns carved into it. Just looking like a sick cunt, I guess. Bro, sitting across from him on the table, like... Undoubtedly the two hottest girls I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. They were so hot. I had to tell Cass about how hot they were. I was like, you don't understand. Like these, like, and I'll describe the blonde chick, uh, like South American, like with like fake blonde hair, uh, like Cuban Latin type chick, big old fucking milkers wearing a white midriff shirt with a slim waist. Bro, she was wearing gray tracksuit pants. Mm. And fucking Jordan ones, Great. and I was like, "You're the f- you." I'm not even trying to be hot right now, and you are the hottest person in here by a mile. Like the fucking influencer that welcomed us in is all glammed up, maybe has fake lips, mm. and tried to be so hot for her job. And a chick in track pants is just fucking blown her off the park. And then her friend, which fuck it looked like a sister or something, was the exact same but with brunette hair. And I was just like, bro, that's a fucking 10-10. He's got the fucking Miami 20. He's sitting there just texting on his phone like he didn't give a fuck who he was sitting with. Yeah. And I was just like mesmerized. At one point, Perry's like, dude, you need to stop looking at that chick. And I was like, 
how long was I out for, dude? Like, I've just come back. Are we to in reality. the same restaurant? What I was the like, fuck? What the fuck? On? Have we got our entrees yet? Like, what an angel, dude! Just What's so funny too is you could probably go to like fucking three or four other restaurants on that street and see the exact same situation in there, dude. Walk up and down Miami Drive. It is, it is. <sighs> Boys who are listening right now, if you are eighteen to thirty and you're single, get some money. Go to Miami Beach. Just, Just trust go. me, dude. And s- try and speak as loudly and as Australian as you can. Oh, Just mate. try. So we end up, yeah, so like, fuck. Just heaps of fun shit happened, man. And like, every American is just so happy to meet you. Yeah. They just love Aussies, so we were... Because they think we're the sickest cunts. They, yeah, like, we're like their, their, their favourite cousin. Yeah. Like, our favourite cousin's here. This is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, we, they uh, go. Yeah, went and watched... Uh, oh, bro. So after after meeting those those hotties at the Cuban restaurant, I go to Perry. I'm like, let's just have a quick wander before going back to the house. And I was like, anything could happen, dude. We're in Miami. Anything could happen. So we walk, we turn this corner. We see this big sign in this warehouse that says like machine gun shooting here. So I was just like... Bro, you want to try shoot some machine guns right now? And Perry's like, come on, dude. Like, fucking get it together. I was like, nah, dude, let's fucking go shoot a machine gun, dude. That would be fucking hectic, cunt. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, we at least got to check the price. So he's like, okay, sweet. Let's go and check the pricing. So we walk in there. Bro, 195 bucks. You can shoot like AK-47s and M16s and shit. And we're like, fucking, how good's this, dude? So we're looking around this museum of just other guns. There's just fucking so many guns there. We're like, we got to shoot one, dude. And uh, we walk up to the counter and you need your fucking passport to shoot guns. And I was like, oh, that sucks. So we have a little bit of a look around. And as we're about to walk out and leave, we uh, we run into JBK, mate. You know, the fucking that John Bernard, I don't know what the K stands for. That, like, little Lebanese fella that does all the funny shit on fucking TikTok. This bloke. Oh, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah. We run into him, dude. Him and his brother and his film crew are there. Oh, wow. And we're like, mate, what's going on? He's like, and he goes, hey, boys. Like, just so happy to see another Aussie. And, and like, so we just sat there and having a fucking bit of a chat to him. My mate Perry's like, who the fuck are those guys? I was like, I'll show you later. They're pretty funny. And uh, they're like, you always come to the game tonight. Because it's fucking game five, I think, in Miami. Mm. And I was like, mate, I'm not paying fucking 1800 bucks for a ticket. Like, that can get fucked. And he's like, oh, dude, if you actually log on, like, an hour before the game starts, they drop the ticket prices for people that, like, couldn't make it and shit. Well, okay. So you can pick up some spare tickets. But he's basically getting flown around America by pickle bet to just make, like, all these funny fucking content videos. So, yeah. That's, fuck, that's gone so to the, sick. Gone to the gun range and shit. Um. I suppose we should talk about Austin as well. We'll just take a quick break before talking about Austin and we'll be right back. And we are back, mate. We're back. I've pissed out me dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's pissed out his dick, ladies and gentlemen, which is, hey, one of the all-time great feelings 
if uh, you've got a dick and you've pissed out of it, you know what we're talking about. (laughs) 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 Yeah, dude, you should. And honestly, the fucking, the disciples should know what we're talking about because honestly, (laughs) I only want people part of our network that are like-minded beings. And if you don't, have the capacity to willfully acknowledging the serenity and the peace and the pleasure of pissing out your dick, <laughs> then I don't want you to fucking listen to this podcast, cunt. <laughs> and look, we're not saying that pissing out your moot isn't great. Like, no. We reckon pissing out the moot's probably the same feeling. You guys probably... Nah, think, nah, no way. Yeah. They can't just go out and like piss out a fucking tranquil lake. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I thought like I was talking about from a relieving feeling. I th- yeah, yes, from a relieving feeling, but it's everything to do with it. Because pissing out your dick is different than just pissing. Because <laughs> if you're pissing out your dick, then there's a whole scope of a, a whole world that you have access to that people who are pissing out their moot do not. Got to be careful where you piss out your dick, though. Got to be careful where you oh, piss out. You can't do it out of fucking an Amazon river, dude, and having <laughs> shit crawling up your fucking dick Dude, you dick definitely hole. don't want something crawling up your dick hole. Nah. Tell, you, tell you what else you don't want. I know a bloke in Canberra who, um, I think he was drunk. I don't. Maybe he wasn't. Oh yeah, I think he was drunk, and on the way home from the pub, and just like stopped and pissed. Um, but where he pissed was like c- close to a school, and like I think cops or someone had like rolled past or whatever, and like this dude ended up getting arrested. And because he had his dick out within X amount of meters from a school, I'm pretty sure that guy got put on the sexual register. See, that's Se- the sex ty- offender. That's register. the type of shit, though, where you go like the people who are putting him on the register and the people who are, like the police in charge of it. They know they know what they're doing. And it's fucked up to do that to someone's life, man. Oh, dude. Like, you know for sure that some dude's just taking a piss two blocks away and you're going to put him on the registered sex offender list, ruining his life. And people wonder why people think, like, cops and law enforcement are fucking dogs. Yeah, dude, that'd fucking... That'd that'd be... Because no one's believing that. No. Your friends and family find your name on that list? I was just pissing out of school. It's like, yeah, you and everyone else on that fucking list, pal. Yeah. You and everyone else. Yeah, it's uh, it's fucked. Um, anyway, that was a fucking sorry, dark, sorry, dark yeah. turn that we went down there. Austin, Texas. I'll give you a breakdown of my experience in Austin. So we touched down. The great man Bobby Sandu was like, "Hey, bro, if you want a place to leave your bags, leave them at my house before you check into an Airbnb. You can chill here for a few hours. I'll be at training, but it's all good to use the house." I was like, "What a sick cunt!" and we decided not to do that because Perry was like, I've got this app that you can go places and before you check in, you can just kind of leave your bags there. And I was like, that doesn't sound very American to me, dude. Like, that's the easiest way that an attack would happen. You just get someone to disguise as a backpacker and just drop their bag off and then just leave. Ugh. I was like, that sounds crazy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, but there's a place, there's a cafe right next to our house that can do it. Why don't we just do it? That way we don't have to catch an Uber from the airport to Bobby's and then another Uber from Bobby's to our house. 
And I wasn't in the mood to argue, so I was like, I'll fucking do whatever, mate. Like, let's just go. It's 38 mm. degrees. Yes. Dry, like, you know when Canberra gets, like, fucking ridiculously hot? Yeah. It's similar to that, dude. Yeah, Where fuck. it's just dry and sticky. We w- were staying 10 minutes away from Rogan's Club. Two blocks, bro, to walk. Caught an Uber there. Really? That hot? That hot, dude. And um, so, yeah, when we first get in, we rock up to this cafe. And obviously, they're like, we've never heard of... The guy's just like, I've got no fucking idea what you're talking about. Perry's trying to show him the app. He's like, look, man. He's like, if we do have that, it's news to me. So, we end up just going across to this sports bar. And then just like, well, we can't check in for another five hours. Mm. So what else is there to do whilst in Austin, Texas? We just sat there with our whole bags, bro, just started pounding beers. And uh, funny thing about this sports club in Austin, bro, no sport. Not a single TV with sport on it, but it had really good beers. So I was just like, ah, fucking who cares? What do they have on the TVs? Bro, they didn't have TVs. Oh, they didn't have TVs? No. So how was it a sports bar? I don't know. It, and it, had, it just had, like, a few, like, mirrors that were shaped as, like, not shaped as TVs, but, like, rectangle mirrors up on, like, one wall. That I was like, what the fuck's going on? you speak to anyone there? Like, what the fuck? No, I didn't bring the sports thing up, but I was just like, fucking give me some beer and a roast beef roll, bruh. Yeah. Let's fucking, let's go. So, man, Texas was fucking so sick, but, dude, like. Yeah. Mad, mad time. We went to, there's a, so fuck, I'm just trying to, I'm, what, should, I'll do it in chronological order instead of just telling the fun things happen. So that's a Monday that we land. We check into our Airbnb. We've had a few drinks and I get in touch with Bobby and I was like, what's the deal with, um, you know, Rogan's open mic and kill Tony. And he's like, go down there, sign up for the show. Um, and then you sign a waiver for Kill Tony and then your name gets put in a bucket. So I rock up. It's I'm wearing the, like chino pants, RM boots and a, just a T-shirt because I'm like, if I'm doing stand-up, I don't want to be in shorts, you know, going on Kill Tony in fucking shorts looking like a goose. Yeah. And, bruh, like before going down, I was like so hype. I was like, I know I'm getting on this show, bro. I'm getting on this fucking open mic. It's going to be a you're good time. You're trying to manifest. I'm manifesting. You're, ma- you're trying to put it into the universe. You're trying to ask the universe. Yeah. And hopefully the universe will provide. Hopefully the Lord will provide. Yeah. Hopefully the Lord will go, mate, it's your time. So go down there. It's fucking bullshit hot, bro. It's it's 5 p.m. at this point. So sign ups at 530 there is probably 13 people in the line at this point, And within a blink of an eye, it was just down to the block. Like the next block kind of full. Like there was maybe 200 people that were trying to get on Joe Rogan. So you go through, sign up. The door guys are funny. They're like a fucking another Australian. They're like, are you serious? They're like, stop trying to come over here and take our jobs. And I was just like... I can't remember what I said to him. I was just like, hey, so man. a lot of Austra- Aussies go over there. Must do, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, sorry. I think he said another foreigner. He's like, another foreigner coming here to take our jobs. Oh, it's and probably just playing on you, not from there. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely. I was like, give us a shot, bro. <laughs> mm. And um, anyway, so at about six, I think the list gets announced. Pandemonium on the street. People are just like lining up to see the fucking, if they're on the list. Go on the list, have a look. Nah, not on the list. Fuck. 
Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. We'll sign up for Kill Tony. So you go like around this back alleyway from Rogan's and they used to just like line up in this alleyway and they've stopped doing it now because Austin City Limits was like, this isn't safe to have 200 maniacs just congregating in the fucking laneway. Yeah, we can't be doing that. So this pub, like, bar called Shakespeare next door is like, oh, you guys can just chill in here. Like, make sure the comics have a few drinks. They can loosen up, have a good time. This is the first time, mind you, that this has happened. So people don't know where to stand. Like, it's the bar's probably not big enough. The Kill Tony staff is freaking out a little bit. You go, you sign up. You show them your license, sign this waiver to say that you basically give your performing rights to be allowed to be on Kill Tony. Go around, talk to this other person. Then they write your name down and like put your application in this bucket. And then you go downstairs and wait. They had this chick with like a microphone and she was just like kind of telling people what's going on. So if you've been on Kill Tony before, stand in this line. If you haven't, you need to sign the waiver, stand in this line, blah, 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 blah. And she just leaves, like, the mic stand and stuff up there. And with 200 lunatics, like, what do you think's going to happen? So this guy gets up, and his name's Swiggy. Yeah, Swiggy. 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 Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some of his clips, dude. Hey, honestly, he, he's either, like, a full-blown mentally deranged man or, like, a genuine comedic genius no that's him off stage bro he's just like that like <laughs> like he's got like this weird seth rogan-esque kind of laugh here's a photo with me and swiggy so swiggy hears my accent and he's just like asking me about like the fucking some like frizzy lizzy band or some shit have you heard of this band um the gizzard wizard or something no Fuck, I never heard of him. I'm butchering their name, so apologies if they ever hear this. But I, he, he's just like, do you know these guys? And I was like, no, like, who the fuck are they? He's like, oh, they're a band from, I think, Melbourne. And he's like, they were here a few weeks ago. They're, they're fucking sick. And he is just, he's a fucking lunatic, right? But then people just see, like, this is an open mic. And we're all waiting to go and kill Tony. So, like, this other chick just gets up there. She's like, hey, everyone write your names down here. If you want to practice your one-minute mic for Kill Tony, you can get on. So, like, people start, like, kind of signing up. Bro, so many weird people, eh? Of course. Like, strange cunts. F- reefer just going through the air like you would not believe. Like, mm-hmm. And, like, <clears throat> no one gives a fuck, dude. Like, you're just at a pub and cunts are just smoking weed. Or on this, just outside, just smoking, like... Imagine doing that here. Like, you'd get fucking resold out, but no one gives a fuck. People are just pounding drinks. The microphone kind of sounds like people get up, they'll be like, and here's, like, Taylor Coftry, and then you'll be like, whoa, 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 the thing the other day. And, uh, you have no idea what's going to happen to that. So you can't understand the person. Whoa, what the fuck? Why would they do that? Well, like, they're not, it's not planned for an open mic. No, nah. it was They're literally just like you can do it here if you want. It was literally there was an open mic and comedians were like, "Now, there's my shot." Yeah. So people are just like goofing around on this microphone and like whilst this chick's like waiting for people to sign up, I get introduced to this guy and they're like, "Hey, like this is Mike. He's this, he's this black dude. He's like, what's up, man? 
anyway, so I'm chilling with this dude, right? And uh, this white guy gets up on stage. You know Wu- the song Cream by the Wu-Tang Clan? I do know it barely. And you know what I know it from? I know it from Reels on Instagram. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, fucking great song, right? So this white dude just gets up and just starts rapping cream, like word for word, but reading it off his screen, like reading it off a lyrics thing. So no audience engagement. No audience engagement. So, which like, is we- even weirder. We've just had Swiggy like being like, Swiggy, and like just swigging out, I guess. And then, like, his mate just kind of grabs his microphone and then he's just like, for whatever reason, he's like, it'll be a great idea for me to just read rap lyrics out and rap them into a microphone in the general public. That, pe- that people can't hear from. <laughs> yeah, like, you can barely hear it, but, like, it's all muffled. As it. So he starts getting up there and rapping Cream Dude. Drops an N-bomb. Everyone's bad, just like, bad oh, idea. Oh, okay. Oh, a sentence later, drops it again. At this point, like people just start booing him, and then drops a third one before, like, comedy just, comes in threes. Before, yeah. Before, <laughs> so, so he was like, "Well, I'm just gonna hit one more, and then it'll be funny." And like, dude, like, so we're all just kind of like sitting around. People just boo him off. I like look at this black dude, and I'm just like. Bro, is anyone, like, going to do something about this? And he's like, ah, man, there's more fucking white people than black people here. And I was just like, yeah, but I... But most white people will be on your side. Yeah, my bit. They have to be, dude. Yeah. It's 2023 and everyone has a fucking video camera in their phone. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, if... No one's going to suddenly just be blacks against whites, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking... Randomly, dude. I was just thinking, like, if this black guy went up and just... Punch that dude in the face and beat his ass. Yeah. No white person would be like, yo, yo, man, yo, dude, stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Everyone yeah. would be like, ah, well, he said yeah. it. He just said it he three times it. and like got booed after the second one, which he definitely should have stopped. The first one shocked everyone that he actually said it. Bro, say it when you're fucking listening to that song in your car by That's yourself, what he dude. Said, dude. <laughs> that was his excuse. <laughs> You fucking funny cat. <laughs> dude, dude, he goes sorry. Come on, he goes sorry. Bro. I usually sing this song in my car, and then I just look at the dude. I look at the dude next to him. I'm like, so he's not even sorry. He does it all the time. I'm like, punch him, bro. This is injustice. Yeah, we need to sort this, dude. Come on, bro. You can't. You. Dude, you can only do it in your car, but then you even you even stop when you pull up at a at a traffic light. Yeah, you don't even you don't keep going at a traffic light. No, dude, you only rap on open highway. Only when the vehicle is in motion. Yeah, if there's someone on the lane next to you as well, you just head bob, dude. Yeah, bro, you gotta you gotta catch a bit of distance, dude. Yeah, I do that. I because I'm I'm a big singer in the car. Oh, you love but it, do you? I used to sing in bands. Did well, you? I, yeah, when I, I was young. Know, I, did, I always wondered what you did in a band. I sung. There you go. Yeah, dude. And uh, I fucking try, like, I sing a lot. And so fucking... Oh, we need to find your old songs, dude. Oh, dude. So fucking funny, dude. And then, yeah, but, like, I'll, like, sing along. But if someone is, like, next to me, I just stop. Because I don't want them looking over at me singing. Yeah. And then if even if we're driving to neck and neck, I'll either speed up or slow down to catch a bit of fucking... Uh, A bit of sing time. Yeah, a bit of sing time, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I... You know what's good about the music that I listen to? Literally no N-words. 
Oh, yeah, no. No N-words, because it's only white people make the music I listen to. Only sad white dudes who have drug problems and issues with their parents make the music I listen to. So... Almost next to no N words. So, <laughs> so, so I'm pretty safe. You're safe, dude. You're safe. I'm very safe. You're safe. If you want to get on a microphone in Texas and sing your favorite song, you're good, dude. Yeah. Fortunately, black people have no interest in like post hardcore. So they just don't give a fuck. Yeah. They'd think that they'd probably think that post they'd probably think that post hardcore is a porn category, dude. They absolutely do. Like, are you interested in post hardcore? Is this like what oh. the fuck? I didn't know Post Malone had a sex tape. Yeah, dude, he's just like <laughs> Posty's out there. Posty's out there, fucking dude. <laughs> that meme was like, oh yeah, right on. <laughs> that was right after he just nutted in people, dude. Oh man, that's fucking hilarious. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, like, what's the deal with like open mics in terms of like how much comedy is in Austin? Oh, dude. Okay, so, um. Typically what they do on a Monday as well is they have a spot for minute. It's called Minute Mike. Mm -hmm. So it runs between like a certain amount of time, but you can basically practice your Kill Tony one minute there. And it just gives people a chance to kind of do it. But what I found very interesting is a lot of people come up to you, happened to me maybe three times where someone comes up, they go, hey, how are you? And you go, good, I'm I'm so-and-so. They're like, my name's blah, blah, blah. Can I perform my minute for you? And then I'm like, nah, that's weird. And they're like, oh, like, I thought maybe we could perform, like, I, like you know, I'll do my minute, then you do your minute, and we'll just see how we go. So just one-on-one at people? No, no, not to one-on-one. Like, these are lunatics that are just like, I'm not confident in my material type shit. So I'm going to come up to you, a stranger, sitting here on your phone. And ask and if I'll- I can practice... Like a one-man show to, yeah. like, a one-person audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, no. And they go, why not? And I was just like, the fact that you are here to perform at Kill Tony and you don't know your minute or the minute that you're going to do, you shouldn't fucking be here. And they're like, oh, like, oh, oh, it's my first time, like, doing stand-up or it's just like, yeah, I just want to tweak a few things. And it's like... If it's your first time doing stand-up, you're a lunatic. But this is what the, p- the problem about Rogan's and Kill Tony is like the uh, comedy club open mic on a Tuesday times 100, dude. Like they're getting yeah. – or may- maybe, you know, f- fucking times whatever. But like they're getting over f- like 40 to 50 people to sign up every Tuesday here now. And like over there – it's like, 200 cunts, man. Yeah. And then, like, how many crazies are, like, in amongst that? At least 40%. So many crazy cunts, right? So it's just like, you're sitting there, and I was like, I remember thinking, the inmates are running the asylum right now. Yeah. This is nuts, though, dude. And, like, they're still figuring it out. <clears throat> yeah. Because really, I've only, how long has that thing been open for? Less than a year? Yeah. Like, six months it's been open. Yes. But it was at the Vulcan Gas Company before that. But, dude, just strange shit would happen. Like, we, like, I was, it was good to see Bobby. So, I was sitting there, like, having some drinks with him. And he's like, got to come meet my friend outside. He's actually a really good comedian. So, I was like, sweet. Went outside. Was having a chat to him. Next minute, Hans Kim rolls up on his scooter. <laughs> and, like, reverses and parks his scooter. And then just, like, knocks on the back door of the mothership to get let in. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is... This is fucking bizarre, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> so having a chat to like Bobby's good mate, 
then next minute, like, get introduced to this guy who's like, hey, I can't even remember his name, but he has this, like, he calls himself, like, the unofficial, like, documentarian of Kill Tony. And it's called Kill Ali or Kill Al like, Ali, I guess. Yeah. A-L-L-E-Y. And he just interviews people out the back of um, the mothership. And it's like, the whole thing is, like, we want to discover undiscovered comedians and film them before they do their Kill Tony set and then record them after they do their Kill Tony set. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so he's just like, do you want to do an interview, bro? And I was like, at this point, maybe... Ten beers deep. I'm like, fucking no, let's do anything. This is the best idea for this time. Yeah, dude. I'm like, and I'm like drunk and like couldn't be happier to like get an interview and do something. So I'm just walk along chatting to this cunt. I don't think the footage is ever going to go anywhere because I didn't get pulled for Kill Tony. So I wouldn't Mm. have been able to get like the before and after. But like afterwards, the guy's just like talking to me. He's just like, oh, like, have you ever like, he's like, oh, have you ever come out here? Blah, blah, done comedy here. And I was like, no, this is my first time doing it here. Told him, obviously, about what I do here. And he's like, oh, so, like, uh, would you be interested in management or anything like that? And I was just like, like, eventually, I guess. And he's just like, yeah, cool, because, like, what we're trying to do with this as well is also manage young comedians and then use our connections to get them to perform at clubs pretty much all over the country. And I was like, yeah, man, that'd be sick. And he's like, yeah, cool. And uh, I was just like, but, bro, you've never seen me do stand-up. Like, I could be really shit. And he's just like, yeah. Yeah, if you were shit, that would be a problem. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay. So, like, maybe chill on the management talk. Like, Dude, that's I mean? so funny because that's kind of like, you know how, like, sports managers in, in AFL, they'll, like, sign a kid before he's even drafted? Like, if a kid is, like, up there as being touted as, like, a top 10 pick or something. Like he'll get a player manager in like year eleven, like yeah, year ten. Some of some of these kinds, yeah, like they'll 16. just start like media <clears throat> training them and shit. But it's like one of those dudes coming up to you and being like, "Oh, you play footy? Yeah, you, are you interested in management?" And it's like you've never seen me play. I could be terrible. And it's like, "Oh yeah, well that would be bad." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking. It was so bizarre, dude. I was just like, oh, okay, um, and uh, yeah, they've got. I'll show you this one guy. Afterwards, I, I reposted it to my story. His Instagram is Cam So Funny. And mm. his his interview on the alley thing is fucking hilarious. And he's actually a gun comic. So if you're listening, go give that guy a follow. Um, so miss out on the open mic, bro. Yeah, and I'm just sucks. like sitting there going, fuck, man. Like You'd have to be there. And for some people there, it would just be a waiting game. Like eventually... Well, like some dude, like some dude waited, I think like 152 or 162 weeks or 166 weeks or something. He'd signed up and like didn't get on. And the thing is like the cool thing about Austin comedy is like whilst I was just saying like, fuck, there's loads of lunatics and the open mic was fucking dog shit because it was just person bombing after person bombing because the microphone quality sucked and it was just an improv open mic. I did meet heaps of fucking like genuine good comics and some sick cunts as well. So like that was, that was sick. Um, but like, before that. I'm talking like throughout the whole city, surely that's a place now that has comedy on every night. Somewhere. It does like, yeah. So if you want to do comedy in Austin, there's like a Facebook page and stuff you can follow. There is multiple shows on every day. So like a Monday you've got Rogan's open mic and kill Tony. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's like, dude, on like a Tuesday night, there'll be like a random room from four till six. Then there'll be a room from like seven till eight thirty. Then there'll be one from like nine thirty to ten thirty. Then there'll be like a or nine thirty till eleven. Then there'll be a midnight mic somewhere. Well, yes. Yeah, so you could just do five <coughs> spots or whatever in a day, and that's just. And then like the next day, you might have four on, for instance. And then there's like so that's just within Austin. And then if you drive forty five minutes in kind of either direction, you'll find a you'll find a spot at like a college town or or whatever. So you've got heaps of time to do it. And initially, like when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, maybe next year I could come over for a month. But I think it would be maybe do like a two or a three month thing that you'd need to do to get the most amount out of it. I reckon. Yeah. Okay. I so think you'd like, be missing out a lot if you just went over there. Yeah. Okay. Cause like when you think about it, I was like, oh, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to do, do kill Tony or Joe Rogan's show. Obviously like that's everyone's thought, right? Like, and obviously that's being a dumb dog and just being like in a city of thousands of people, why wouldn't there be 200 people? Right. Mm. Um, I, and I think you just need to like, you'd have to go numerous times just to do an open mic. And that's all I really wanted to do was just to do an open mic there because that would be fucking sick. Um, and I think, yeah, like if you think about it, right, you try to do that every Monday for a month. It, at best you can do it like four or five times. But then if you like, if you're there for a few months, you've, you've maybe got 15 attempts or, you know, six, uh, 14 attempts or something to get on that open mic. Um, so I think that it'd be something that would, you'd need to do for, for a few months. And because, Sorry, but because that's there is like, so because like there is something that's on like say four times a night, but if you quantify that over three months, plus the opportunity to maybe get it on, on Rogan's, mm-hmm. um, then it'd actually be beneficial than doing it for just one month. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Um, one cool thing the comics did as well is like when your name gets pulled, it's like people are so excited. They're like, yeah. And like, like it'll be like, so this guy will just come running in. I'm bouncing all over the place with this story. But like, so a guy from Rogan's club runs to the club next door and he'll just be like, he's got a megaphone and he'll just be like, Taylor Coftry, Taylor Coftry. And then people just start getting hype, dude. They'll just be like, Taylor, Taylor, Fuck Taylor. Yeah. And you've got like, 200 people like hype that you're getting to go and go and do it. So it's pretty sick that they're all like super supportive like that. Apparently when that guy that it took like 166 weeks for him to get on, like of constantly applying, Mm. apparently when he got on, they were like, dude, it was like LeBron James hitting a game winning shot in an NBA finals match. They were just like, the pop was just like, finally this kind of. Did anyone know how he did? No, I've got no idea. Can you imagine if he just bombed? <laughs> I was drunk when I was having the conversation with some dude. I was like, yeah. turns out no one's seen him do it yet, dude, and he just fucking shit. <laughs> Bro, he's just like, I got the greatest minute in history, and he's like, can I do it? He's like, no, I'm saving it for Kill Tony. He's like, only Tony Hinchcliffe can hear no. it. He I'm not even going to practice it anywhere, dude. <laughs> yeah, the first person anyone's going to hear it. I've been rehearsing it to myself every single day in the mirror, mirror for an hour a day. Yeah. This is dialed in. It is tight. And then he gets Only up there. Tony hears And he gets up <laughs> And he gets up there and he's like, hey, how good is it to piss out your dick? <laughs> 
that he'd be right. It would be the greatest minute, dude. It'd be the greatest minute, dude. And I don't mean pissing out your moot. I, I mean, mean pissing, pissing out your dick. dick. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so stupid, dude. We're so stupid. <laughs> Taylor's dead, ladies and gentlemen. Attack of the bomb blood. He's gone, dude. Oh, fuck. He's got me. You laughed too hard about the dick, dude. All right, dude. Tell me about actually going and seeing some of the world's best comedians. Oh, when, as a, as a Take your fucking com- comedian hat off and let's talk about <clears throat> you being an audience. So we bought tickets. And then pause it because I need a piss so bad. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's take a piss now. Yes. And then we'll come back with me telling everyone about Joe Rogan and We'll be right back after this. Bro, so you want to hear about Joe Rogan and friends on the Wednesday Bro, night? I'd love to. Okay, dude. Joe Rogan and friends. We are... St. Rogies, dude. The Messiah. The Messiah. The, the king. fucking... Literally the king. The podcast king. The king, dude. He... We were so excited come this day, bro, because I was like... I was on the down of, like, fuck, you've just missed... Um. You've just missed the opportunity that you wanted to kind of do. Like part of this trip was scheduled to yeah to have a crack possibly at this. have a crack at doing it, and I knew it would be a stretch to possibly get on there, but it was still something that I wanted to do. Mm. But it just made me just realize, kind of like, like you know, like do you do this as well? Like I I get like I get like disappointed and pissed off if I like don't win the Powerball. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't play the Powerball. Like if I don't the- win the thirty million dollar jackpot, I'm, uh, like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? What the or if you're like, I'm a winner, but I got a hundred bucks because everyone I'm, else has my I'm numbers. S- I'm spending the money in my head, like the few days leading oh, up to it. Oh, dude, yeah. I've only done that one or two times and it's just broken my heart. And I don't like having that feeling. So that's, yes, pretty pretty similar to what I was feeling. Yeah. But I, the way I looked at it, I was just like, fuck, man, now you've got, you know, 12 months to go back home, get better, and then come back next year as a hot boy and then just give it a crack again. And mm. uh, and if the time's right, then it's the time's right then. But it all happened when the time is right, brother. That's what I feel. Um, anyway, so we rock up to the club and it says something that the club does that I really love is we got, I think, in the body of the email or something, it said, like, you must arrive half an hour before the doors open to secure your ticket. Otherwise, it can be resold. Yeah. So we rock up half hour early with a second person in line. And I was like, all right, sweet. Within a blink of an eye, everyone's there. The doorman comes, they check your tickets, check you for weapons and shit. Then they give you this thing called the yonder bag. Yeah, I love those. The, the idea of those. So you grab <clears> your phone, you got to turn your phone off in front of them, chuck it in this yonder bag, and then they clip this thing closed and then it has like an electronic seal on it. So you can't just sit there and open it and then turn your phone back on and start mm-hmm. reading your phone, right? So once your phone's away, it's gone. 
So we get led upstairs and meet some of the doormen and they're like, yep, these are the rules. No talking during the show, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then they go, so what group are you in? Is this a group of three? And the guy's like, no, I'm one. I'm like, we're two. And the next people, they're like, we're three. And guys like, the next guy's like two. And he goes, cool. All right, you guys all come with me. So he takes us down and sits us literally like all in the front row. So I'm sitting on like, from my seat, bro, I can reach out and put my hand on stage and I can touch the stage, dude. Now, before we went down, we took a cheeky little edible. You have to. As you do. I'm like, I want to enjoy a comedy show, right? And then I'm sitting there. And, like, I'm just looking at, like, the stage, dude, and it's just everything that you've seen on Instagram, but now it's in real life, and you're like, this is fucking... Unreal, dude. Unreal, and it's just, like, you're, like, to feel the stage, dude, was, like, a real, like... I I had to... I could not stop myself from From reaching out and feeling the stage because it's, like, obviously this is the place where every comedian that's up and coming right now wants to perform, so yeah. it's like, I need to feel like what the stage feels like. It's weird. And um, we're sitting there. The door guy comes. You've got a two drink minimum. So you have to you have to buy at least two beers per person or two drinks per person, mm-hmm. which only encourages you to drink more. Your phone's locked away in these bags. The whole house ends up filling up. And then, yeah, you just get drinks kind of bought to your table. It's fucking sick. And then you can just be like, yeah, bro, two more. And he'll just come bring you two more. The f- the <coughs> lights all kind of illuminate up and down and it's got all these alien kind of looking hieroglyphs and, and then that just kind of goes back and forth and it changes colour from like blue to green and then the lights just dim down and I'm like, fucking here we go. And then I have this thought, I'm like, wait, I'm front row. What if one of these guys talks to me? I'm like, what am I going to, like, when they say, what do you do for a job? And I'm like, I sell doorknobs. Like, <laughs> Or just like, they're like, or I'm like, what if one of these guys asked me like, what's your hobby? And I'm like, uh, I actually enjoy doing stand up myself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what an embarrassing thing that could fucking possibly happen to me. Now I'm sitting there like, fuck, maybe the front row wasn't the best choice, dude. But you don't get a choice because the doorman just takes you there. Lights go down and it goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Joe Rogan and Friends show. Please make some noise for your first comedian for the night. It's Derek Poston. So Derek Poston comes out and just fucking, bro, just rips and fucking tears. Derek Poston has the most epic introduction on stage. Obviously, I can't say it, but let me tell you guys, if Derek Poston's ever kind of performing in your area, I hope that he starts the same show every way because the way he greeted us (coughs) on stage was very, very funny. Um, the type of intro that if you're going to do it yourself, make sure you're in the car. Yeah, make sure you're in the car. Let's just say that. Um, so Derek Poston is talking about all kinds of shit, all kinds of funny stuff, dude. Like he just had me fucking going, dude. And one thing that he said, um, he was talking about um, fucking chicks while you're fat. Yeah. And, bro, he had the exact same joke as what you said about fucking... Remember when we were on that dredged podcast a few yeah, months yeah, ago? How yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're talking about when you're fat, like how your belly like rubs her clit and shit. Yeah. 
He has a joke that literally like is fucking so similar to awesome. that. Awesome. Awesome. So the joke that I've been writing, I can't use now. <laughs> awesome. Is that what you're telling <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, that's dude? what I'm telling you, dude. Fuck! So, All right. um, so we were just sitting Here's there just fucking absolutely pissing ourselves at that. I don't want to give away to like his bits, but he <coughs> he had he had some fucking absolutely unreal shit. So I'm you sitting there just going, fuck, how good of a start is this? Um, there's a, f- like, he ends up like crowd working me, dude. And really? yeah. So he's just like, he does the slightest comment. So he's making a joke cause he's just like, he's like, I'm overweight, but I'm not like heaps overweight. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm fat, but I'm not like fat, fat. And he's just like, kind of like me and you bruh. And like, like points to, points to me <laughs> in the front row. And he's just like, you know, we're the kind of guys that like, no one wants to see us in a porno. You know what I mean? <laughs> And he's just like, we're the desired dude that's in a porno. Nah. Um, and then, yeah, I won't give away the rest of the bit, but like basically like just breaks down like what you want to see when you're watching porn. And just like referenced how like me and him just are not in. It's <laughs> 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 like a hundred percent dude. And I've got a tiny hog. So like fucking, what do you know, bro? Yeah, you don't want that in there. Who else is on? Um, so then Brian Simpson comes out. I love Brian Simpson. So funny. I dude. love him, dude. Yeah, he's it the best. Was, did he look like the most stoned person on the planet? He sounds like the most stoned person he, on the planet. I was, I got like secondhand stoned from just being around him, I think. Yeah. Then Ron White comes out. Killer. And then Ron brings out Tony Hinchcliffe, mm. who just, bruh. Did Ron murder? Ron was fucking sick. Yeah. Ron was fucking sick, dude. And then, but Tony Hinchcliffe, I think, man, was like. the best on? He was best on ground. And like, Fuck just. Yeah. <clears throat> like, he commanded like the entire attention of the room before even saying like a word. It was fucking very impressive. Fuck yeah, dude. And then. The Lord and Savior Joe Rogan, he closed out the night, dude. How was he? Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, just because the thing is, the beautiful thing is, like, these yonder bags, when your phone's locked away and turned off, they say the wildest shit you can imagine, dude. Yeah. And if there's no way for them to prove it, it's just like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I can tell you off air, like, some of the shit that they were saying, but I was just sitting there, like, oh, okay. Okay, you can get down over here. Yeah, 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 dude. In Joe's club, <clears throat> you can get down. And that's like the goal to to be able to get to a place where you can just get down. Because there are some, like some of the biggest clubs in this country, you cannot get down. No. You can't. No, if you start bending your knees, they get upset. They're like, yeah, they what are you doing? Like you it. just bent your knees. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stand like, up straight. Oh, sorry, I was about to get down. And they're like, don't. Even complete the sentence. You can't get. Think you're you gonna can't fucking, get down here. You think you're gonna fucking get down here, young man? No way, dude. Straighten them knees up, son. Newcastle Common Club might be one of the top actually being able to get down places. Oh, in the you country. can get down in the club, <clears throat> but but they're the only club you can really truly get down in. I think. So yeah, I was watching that and I was just like, oh fuck, this is this is red hot. Like I was like, this is what I needed, and. People, bro, people were frothing it. Yeah, of course, dude. Frothing it. Why don't people understand that if you starve almost an entire generation of people of that shit, when it finally there's a place that is safe and a non-judgment-free zone for them to go and enjoy it, they are frothing at the fucking bit. 
And if you, like, if anyone has, like, any pushback on that, it's just like, go look at how many consecutive nights that the club has sold out. Look at it. They've sold out so much, dude. It's fucking incredible how much these guys have just... And, bruh, the shows are just... It's a fucking sick place to hang out. Like, they really kind of pack it in. And, like, I was speaking to Elliot because Elliot's like, let me know if there's anything cool that they do. And I was like, two drink minimum. That's fucking sick. Having a door guy, Mm. like, at the Newcastle Comedy Club would be sick to, like, take you to your seats so you don't get the choice of not (coughs) sitting up the front. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they can strategically be like, all right, we'll bring a good-looking couple up the front. We'll bring a fucking old couple up the front. We'll bring this person up the front. We'll bring that person up the front. Yeah. So that was good. And I, yeah, just kind of told Elliot a few fucking sick things that they did. The um, the next night, we went back to the Thursday night showcase. And this time, Bobby Sander was going to come out with us, but had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu thing that he was doing. So the when I bought the Rogan and Friends tickets, I was like, there's... So 50 bucks you can get for... Sorry, for... Like 200 bucks, you can get a booth for like four people, VIP. Yeah. For f- so 50 bucks a ticket. Is that right? 5, 10, 50. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 50 bucks a ticket. And then for a standard general admission ticket, it's 40 bucks. Okay. So the next night, like I, when I, the first tickets that became available <coughs> were the Joe wrote, uh, were the Thursday night showcase. So I bought those and went, this is the first tickets that we're buying. We're getting a VIP booth. If it's $10 extra ticket, I'm buying that. So Worth bought that. It. And then um, the Joe Rogan Friends ones came on sale. I was like, oh, I'll just do general admission for these ones. Bro, the booth was fucking sick. So it ended up just being Perry and I that went. I don't think that the booth, like the booth can fit four people, but it'd be pretty fucking snug. Yeah, you'd be on each other. Yeah, so I think, like, if me and you were to go, for <coughs> instance, I think I'd just buy a fucking VIP booth for both of us, like, both nights, and just be like, let's just fucking rock it out in the booth. Fuck yeah. So Thursday Night Showcase has, like, some of the young doormen that are on. Yeah. And then followed by a few fucking throbbers. And so, like, the doormen get up, they all do pretty good. Two of them, like, made me kind of think, I was like, oh, okay, it's like, that. This is a re- this is a very reachable level to get like to be a doorman on, yeah. on there. I'm like that's a pretty reachable level, and um, I'd had a few beers, bro, and you know me, I needed to piss, right? So I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna go take a quick one while there's like a doorman on, and as I'm walking down the stairs, guess who I run into, bro? Who? Brian fucking Holtzman, dude. Really? I run into Brian Holtzman <laughs> on the stairs. And he stops me and he's just like, hey. And he's like, what are the, what's the crowd like in there? And I was like, ah, they're a bit soft, to be honest. And he's like, okay. And he's like, we'll take care of that. And I was like, yeah, fucking no. So I just kept going down to the toilet. Just like, what the fuck just happened? Man? Like fucking Brian Holtzman just fucking wanted to. I was so happy just to like, would have to be, to like walk past him. Yeah. I would have been like, fuck, well, how could That's this? that guy. How fucking Brian Holtzman. And he talked to you. Then he talks to me. He's like, what are, they, <laughs> "What are they like?" So then, like, I get back to the, t- I get back from the toilet. Tony Hinchcliffe now comes on, and he's like, "I heard you guys were being soft," and like, he just fucking just started teeing off on cunts. Really? Yeah, yeah dude. Man. He's a fucking menace. Yeah. So he's he, a menace. He was. Guy. He was in fucking. He was just in menace mode. And uh, there was this chick that was, like, kind of interrupting the show. So Tony would, like, talk to her and then, like, you know, rag on her a little bit and then, like, divert his attention away and then she'd say something and then he'd just turn back and he's like, hey, 
that's that's not how this transaction works. Like, if I'm talking to you and I, we're having a back and forth, and then all of a sudden, I ask you a question that you don't answer, and then I turn my attention somewhere else and start doing something, then you want to talk back. That's not how this works. Mm. He's like, stop being a fucking cunt, and everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, stop being a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Which and that word has a sting over there. Yeah, because like he like, and he warned her before. He's like, I'll call you the c word, and I was just like, I was just sitting behind her, and I was like. I'll call you a cunt right now, dude. Right, cunt, exactly what are you talking what you about? Yeah. <laughs> cunt, what, what's with the hesitation? Um, so, yeah, then Tony came out. Brian Simpson was out there again. And then, yeah, fucking uh, Brian Holtzman comes out. And Brian Holtzman just goes on a rampage, dude. <laughs> like, just yelling at people for being, like, sensitive cunts and shit. Because, like, it wasn't nowhere near as loose as Joe Rogan and friends where everyone was like kind of getting into it. And I think that was like the different dynamic between the two rooms because little man is smaller. So it's like, it's more kind of personal, but like for some reason I noticed that people were kind of pulling back on, on, on certain shit in the little boy room. Yeah. Yeah. But in the big boy room, cause I think maybe a little bit of extra space and then maybe the further away you are from stage or something, maybe people felt safer and just kind of, laughed more or maybe it had something to do with there was like doorman up the top and like you know the the momentum of the show didn't start with the fucking killer and then roll from killer to killer to killer yeah well like you know how how important the opener is Mm. how important the mc and then the very first act those two have to be good otherwise the, the the dynamic for the rest of the show is just fucked in the ass cunt yeah and like i used to get like a little bit bummed when like on like so many showcases that i was doing i'm like fuck i'm first up and then i was just like because ah. you're the best at it out of all of us <laughs> i was just like oh fuck i was like who cares i was like it's just but I actually kind of really enjoy having the first spot now because it's just like if i get to because i love doing crowd work myself so it's just like if there's a little bit of an opportunity that the mc didn't pick up on or didn't talk to a certain person then i can just fucking talk to these people myself yeah yeah for sure um, so yeah, the, the Thursday night one was good, but I was just like, okay, this is sick because now we're like, I know like where the doorman levels at because that was a really good insight because I yeah. was just like, maybe these cunts are just fucking really good over here and the competition is really hard. And I think the competition is probably equal to the, like the, some Sydney, oh, I don't know. It's hard to say, man. How, how can I articulate this? I think their talent level is like would probably grow at a similar rate, but they all but they've got more lunatics. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like <clears> there, <throat> I think like, for instance, I don't think you'd look out of place if you did a doorman spot. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few people we know that could do a doorman spot, but I think that where the jump in talent is so big is like a doorman spot and then fucking Tony Hinchcliffe comes out afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going like doorman to like someone who's like a feature act. Yeah. You're going doorman to like arena national he- recognized headliner. Yeah. Like international superstar. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Like that's that's probably where it gets. Yeah. And it, that fucks people up too because you see that here when like <clears throat> when like people will – like uh, sort of start getting spots maybe before they should be getting spots and then they fucking, they go up on these showcases and then the next person who comes after them is just absolute fucking thrubber. Yeah. Is already like touring and shit and then the the audience goes, oh, this p- person sucks. 
Yeah. But they don't really. They're just up against fucking and I think Rogue like McManus. Imagine how, how hard it would be for a door guy as well over there. Because I've definitely felt it here when there's been a comedian that I like and respect that's come through the club and I'm on the same showcase. And then I get like way in my own head about like, I've got to make them laugh. And I like, I put the emphasis on making them laugh. Yeah, Cause they're being, the one that's going to ask me to open for them on the road for sure. If I do well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, or, or like, or, you know, like, you know, you just want their respect is, is more than anything. I was yeah. like, I just want that cunt to respect me. But then like your attention's to the back of the room. It's not with the room and you lose the room by trying to impress one person at the back of the room. And I was like, fuck. So imagine that as a doorman, dude, when you're just doing a Thursday night show, you've got 15 minutes to rip and tear and then fucking, you know, after you is Brian Simpson or Tony Hinchcliffe or fucking Derek Poston or fucking Brian Holtzman. That'd fucking be so much kind of yeah, you'd be pressure. Yeah, pressure. Th- you'd be under, just be like, fuck, like. It'd take I don't a while a, to adjust to being under that pressure. Yeah, like if I don't have a good set, it's not like I'm not having I did I didn't have a great set in a bunch of people that get some feature acts from time to time. I didn't have a good set in front of people that are killing it. Yeah. I didn't have a good set in front of Ron White. Yeah. I didn't have a set a, a good set in front of fucking Shane Gillis. Exactly. But I it, didn't have a good set in front of fucking Mark Norman. Eventually, like that's pretty. That could pretty well be a reality for anyone who's doing comedy. Yeah. Oh fuck! I bombed in front of Roseanne Barr. Yeah, like <laughs> that bombed. type of shit. Yeah, dude. dude fuck. I, it's like Andrew Schultz is one of my favorite comics to watch. Like his style live. And dude, if I bombed in front of him, I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> I'd be oh like, yeah. I'd be like, fuck. Sure. God damn it, dude. Like the one time I meet Schultz and I fucking bomb my dick off, I'd be fucking heartbroken. That's so like, bro, I hate bombing in front of people that I fucking, I don't even respect their comedy. Yeah, dude, it's hard enough. It's hard enough then. Yeah. It's and just like, all that guy does is bomb and now I bombed in front of him and like, he just comes up to me and goes, ah, happens sometimes, eh? Okay, don't you fucking start, cunt. <laughs> don't you console me, you Don't bastard. you console me, dude. But it's, yeah, there's a massive difference between like doing that and then bombing in front of fucking Eliza Schlesinger. <laughs> some sh- fucking bullshit, dude. I, I don't know who Eliza Schlesinger is. It sounds ah, like- some other fucking bitch comic. Um, so after the Thursday night showcase, I was like, that was fucking pretty sick. That's when I went down and bought our gear and I had to take a piss and I saw one of the doormen and I was just like, hey man, just, you know, you did fucking, you did well. And he's like, oh, thanks dude. And he's like, where are you from? And he's, I was like, oh, Australia. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, Hey, I know an Aussie. You might know him. And in my head, dude, I'm like, oh, okay, in a country of 25 million people, like, yeah, buddy, I'm pretty sure I know yeah, your t- mate. Typical American who knows fuck all about <laughs> Australia is just like, oh, yeah, do you know fucking... Dude, people, when my parents went over to America, my parents got asked if they knew Steve Irwin. Yeah. So that's that's what I was <clears throat> expecting. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, you might know my mate. And I was like, sure, man. Who's your friend? And he goes... Uh, this guy, his name is um, Rowan Arneal. <laughs> and I go, what? And he's just like, do you know him? And I was like, bro, I do comedy with him sometimes. He's like, you do comedy? And I was like, yeah. And I was just like, that's why like, I came up and was like, wanted to kind of give you props and shit. Oh, that's so funny. And dude. he's just like, oh, sick, man. He's like, yeah, Rowan was over here before the pandemic and was like ripping it up. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I didn't, I had no idea. 
And I, it was just such a left field thing, bro, for him to be like, yeah, like it's rolling on you. I was That's like, so funny, bro. Dude. I actually, <laughs> I know, bro. So I got on the, I got on Instagram and I was like, can't you won't believe what's just happened to me in Austin? And sent him that. And he's like, oh, I know Joe. He's a fucking legend. <laughs> what the fuck, cunt? What the fuck, dude? The world's so big and so small at the same time. So fucking random, cunt. Um, but I need to take a piss. All so right. I reckon we'll be right back. We are back. Oh, we're back. Um, so, yeah, Austin was fucking awesome, man. There's this. So it was 38 degrees like every day. So I think when I do go back, I'm not going to go around this time. No, don't go in summer. They reckon July gets even worse. Yeah. We went to this place called the Barton Springs. Bro, sick. It's like picture maybe like one and a half Olympic size swimming pools, but it's all like fresh water. That's like 20 degrees. So cold. Mm. Or maybe like 13 degrees, actually, I think. 13 is very cold. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be between 15 and 20 degrees. Probably closer to 15 because it was very crisp when we jumped in. But you go there, bro, and it's just a free-for-all. Like, weeds being smoked. There's, like, a blocked-off fence section where there's, like, a little party section down the back that's, like, not part of... but Like, it's part of the spring, but it's not, like, the Barton Springs that you yeah. pay money to go in. So people down there with their dogs drinking, smoking, just tailgating, having a mad time. People where we were hanging were just passing spliffs around left right and center like every 10 minutes you just got a waft of weed oh yeah so we we took half we took half an edible before going there and just like kind of hanging out in the sun 38 degrees you go hop in this water that's 15 degrees and then just rinse and repeat bro there's people just walking around with their tits out and shit Hell yeah. There's little kids running around and then there's like a uh, fucking 10 just walking around with their boobs out and I was like what the fuck is going on here this is bizarre but what I saw, Taylor, yeah, I did see one thing that upset me a little bit. What was it? And I was just like, it like, I'm a big ambassador for someone wearing a Euro bikini. Yeah. I think that after you get to a certain age and in certain sizes, there should be certain mandates that come with what your bikini swimwear should be. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> what I saw was I saw a dude wearing like budgie smugglers that were like a euro bikini budgie smuggler ah a real sam smith operator and it caught me really off guard because i had never seen one of these before and i didn't i didn't know that they were a thing and then when i thought about it i was like well of course that'd be a thing but it's what this guy did which really kind of irked me a little bit so he's gone and hopped in the spring he's having a swim but then he's doing like Remember when you'd swim in your mate's pool and there'd always be one mate that would just do a white whale where they pull their <laughs> pants down? <laughs> yeah. And then... You go whale then, watching. And they'd just like, would just dive in the water to the point where they just push their ass up out of the water and yep. then just come back down. Mm -hmm. That's what this guy was doing in his Euro bikini buddy smugglers. Awesome. Just constantly doing it. And I was like, <laughs> bro, it's Pride Month and homies out there hunting, dude. It was... That's so funny. He was fucking going for it. So the last thing in Austin that I wanted to talk about... Oh, I had Terry Black's barbecue. Pretty good. Um, we're flying out. So we're flying from Austin to Dallas at this point, right? And something that I do when I do stand up is I'll write my set list or like little points of my set list on my phone in my notes section. Then I screenshot it and save it to my background. 
Yep. So before I go on stage, I can have a look, and I'm like, that they're the jokes that I'm telling. Have fun. Do you think? So I go through the airport security, and as I'm getting my bags and everything checked, I walk through. Beep, 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 beep. I get stopped. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck. I'm like, what's going on here? And the bloke goes, he grabs my, he grabs me, this guy, and he goes, we need to do, he goes, you've been selected for a random test. We need to grab your phone and we need to swab your phone. So he's like, yeah, we need to swipe it. And I was just like, okay, cool. No worries. Go and hand him my phone, dude. And not realizing. You've got your set list on the fucking. I've got my set list on there. No, dude. So the first the first line, mm-hmm. the first thing he'd see when he hits the button is snort coke with bank receipt. <laughs> Second thing he sees, bad sex. Third thing he sees, Bradley, BJ. Fourth thing he sees, gangbang. Fifth thing he sees, didgeridoo. And <laughs> Dude <laughs> The look on this guy's face that he gave me too When I'm like I'm looking at him and he's looking at me And I'm not sure why he's looking at me like that You know what I mean <laughs> Like what the fuck So obviously, like, as he's swiping my screen, you're moving things on the screen, right? So, like, he's swiped this whole thing. He's read it. It's scanned. It's come back as negative, and I get told that I'm good to go. But what I was freaking out about is I was like, what's been in those yonder bags? Like, you know, like someone could have, you know, actually legitimately snorted coke off their phone screen, and then there's residue on the bag and then that transfers onto my phone yeah, and obviously like, like who's going to believe that I had my phone in a yonder bag and that's where this weird swipe like yeah. whatever material is must have come like, from. Like do they clean them? Do they just get replaced with new ones by the company or you'd something? Assume yeah, who that, knows? You'd assume they wouldn't. Like you'd assume yeah. they probably bought 350 of them. Maybe like a fucking bowling alley shoes how they kind of just like spray the dis- Blend 20 in it And just hope yeah. that takes care of it Yeah just be like Oh we, we did our best Hope so, that That fucking 0.01% of germs Aren't that bad So I'm Now at this point we're, we're free to go We fly to Dallas Hop in the Hop in the plane On the way to Dallas Bang Seat reclines Right on top of my legs again And I'm going You are fucking kidding me And I go to Perry And I go Do you know that this has happened on every flight where I've sat next to you on every flight and on every flight the person in front of you hasn't reclined, but the one in front of me has reclined every single time. And he goes, no, I didn't notice that. And I was like, what a fucking piss take. That's fucked. So we get to Dallas, pounding schooners before the flight, befriend this dude at the bar. He's a legend. Now best mates with him. Drinking, pounding the skewies, get on the plane, Sit in our seats. We're right up the back. We're close to the toilet, strategically placed for your boy, so I can piss nonstop on the way home whilst drinking internationally because that's how I roll. Yep. Dude in front of me, 30 seconds in, bang, just reclines straight to like the muscle right above my knees is like where the food tray was. So the food tray is just resting on my knees, dude. And I was like, oh, this is by far the worst one. You got to uh, say something, bro. Oh, bro. So like initially what I'm doing is I'm like, just 
chilling a little bit and I'm just kind of raising one knee to take all the pressure of the food tray. And then after a while, I'll switch knees. But to the guy in front, he thinks I'm like kicking his chair, right? So he reclines back further, like making the problem worse. So I take a photo and like I tap him on the shoulder and I'm like, hey, bro, like you're like the food tray that's on the back is like right on my knees. Like I'm not kicking you, but like this is what's happening. And he goes, we'll just move back. And I'm like, I can't move back, dude. Like move back where? We're at the back of the airplane. I move back. I'm chilling. Yeah, what the like, fuck, dude? I was like, you like, can you move forward? I was like, bro, if you lean forward like two inches, your food tray is not on my legs and we're cool. And he's just like, move back. And I was like, you're a fucking shit cunt. So he's just sitting there again. So I'm just like having, I'm like, if this is going to be me for a fucking 17-hour flight. Oh, I'm, dude, I'm I'm someone's becoming getting, a fucking brat. Someone's getting murdered on this flight, right? So, like, he's doing it, and then food comes around, and uh, the stewardess says, bro, you need to move your seat forward, and then moves his seat forward, and the guy goes, that guy's kicking me in the back and hasn't stopped kicking me in the back, like, the entire flight. So then the air stewardess is like, you kicking this dude in the back? But I had that photo on my phone, right? Right, yeah. And I go, bro, I was just like, this is what's happening. I was like, look at his food tray, dude. I'm like, it's digging into my legs. I was wearing shorts at the time as well. So I like just lift up and I've got like red marks. I'm like, bro, his thing is literally just like digging into my legs. I was just like, like this guy, I was like, you got to tell this guy that he can't be leaning his chair that far back. I'm like, on an international flight, I can, I'm going to cop that someone's leaning back a little bit. And I was just like, but... I was like, bro, he's literally got like three inches between like sitting in my lap or like giving me just enough leg space. So he tells that to the guy. The guy like flips out and he's just like, <laughs> he's like, you're going to fucking make me move my seat. And he's like, we're giving you the opportunity to move. Like if you want to recline this far back, we've got a seat further up here. There's a little kid sitting in the seat behind. You can recline all the way back. So he goes up there and like reclines all the way back. He enjoys his flight. I managed to get a little bit of sleep. Happy days, right? Yeah. Rock up at the airport, he's there with like four of his mates and they're just like, they're like, what happened to you on the flight? And he's like, oh, I got moved because like this guy kept kicking like the back of my seat. And they're like, oh, you fucking serious? And like, they're like, fuck, I hate when people do that, man. Like, welcome. Anyway, just like walk past them or make eye contact and just go, welcome to Australia, cunt. And just <laughs> 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 fucking strolling up. And it was just like, I was I was being as polite as possible, but I was just like, welcome to Australia, you cunt. Like, fuck you, you fucking dog. Dude, what a fucking dog cunt, dude. That's like you said, like we were saying before, dude. People are their worst selves when they're in an airport or flying. Mm. It, it astounds me how many terrible interactions that I have either had or heard about. And the setting is always something to do with fucking air travel. Dude, and it's always. Just, and it's just like, just the thing of like, if someone tapped you on the shoulder and you're, you're flying and they're like, bro, like, you don't need to sit up. You're literally digging into my knees. Yeah, like, just, bro, if you just move like literally the back two inches, that chair's not digging into my legs. Like, the tray's not digging in the legs. We're all good. And he's just like, nah, fuck you, cunt. And I was just like, bruh, you're the shittest cunt that I've met in all of America. Now, I've traveled far and wide through this country twice now, and you, sir, 
You're the guy that gives Americans a bad name. Yeah, dude. Some people are just fucking shit as cunts, bro. They're so fucking shit, dude. <clears throat> I wanted to beat him. I wanted to have an air, air f- mid-flight, mid-flight brawl. We'd have a mid-flight brawl? Yeah, shout out to that podcast as dude, well. Dude, I would like to have a full-on punch-on in the air. That would be very cool. It would be pretty sick. Um, <clears throat> but, mate, what has been, what's been happening with you, dude? What has been happening? I know that on Wednesday night you betrayed your state and you went and, and did some stand-up. I did, man. I went and did some stand-up. I did the fucking the laugh-in in Newtown, dude. And, um, dude, it was pretty fucking sick. How many rainbow flags are in Newtown this time of year? Um, it was at night, so I didn't see that much. But, like, because it's not Pride Month for us. Do you know that our Pride Month is different than their Pride Month? Our Pride Month is February. What, straight people have a Pride Month? No, as in Australia's Pride Month is different. Oh, it's not now? No. Oh. It's, it's February. Oh, right. We only give them 28 days here. Yeah, we give them like the small amount, dude, because it, it's got mostly to do with the weather. They don't want to, it's all about being out in the sun and being able to get your fucking dick and tits out in front of little kids. That's yeah. what they want, and oh, they can't. Okay. And they can't really be doing that here in June. You don't want to piss out your dick when it's, it's cold, cold outside. No, you don't want to piss out your dick when it's cold outside. You don't. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I went down there, dude, and you know what? Here's something that I was. I'm. I'm glad that I had done it my way. Every person that I'd spoken to about doing gigs down there, every single one of them, including you, were like, "Why don't you catch the train?" Why don't you catch the fucking train? All right? I don't want to catch the train. I want to be in my own little world and I'll just deal with the traffic and I want to do it all on my terms. I want to save as many minutes as possible. All right? I get down there. The last eight kilometers of my fucking journey takes 45 minutes. That's fucking annoying. Driving in Sydney yeah. is a bit of a nightmare. But it's it's okay as long as you're just... Being aware of what you're doing and like being on the ball because all driving in Sydney is, is just making sure that you're in the right lane for where you want to go. Yeah. And if you're not in the right lane for where you need to go, then you're fucked. And, and you have another 45 minutes to your destination. Yes. Unless you're, you've overcome what every other driver in any other part of the country that's not a big city has to fucking inside them is don't be a cunt on the road. You yeah. have to just overcome that and you have to just start being a cunt on the road. You have to start being a cunt on the road. You have to start forcing your way oh, into there's places. Time, there's time to be a cunt and there's time not to be a cunt. Like if you fucked up and you're like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. I need to get in the left-hand lane and you turn, and you put your indicator on, there's a time for you now to be, sorry, I'm going to be a cunt. And then you indicate and you creep into that lane. Then you apologize for being a cunt. And the hey. cunt behind <clears throat> you bees a good cunt by letting you in going, hey, we're all cunts sometimes. Then they wave back after you wave. And that is that is the cunt agreement that you have to have on the road when you're being a cunt. Cunt, tell you what, a lot of waving going on for me. A lot, of, dude. a lot of left hand in the air just to make sure that they see. Oh, yeah. Out the a window. lot of that, you dude. You need an out the window <clears throat> apology. A that's lot when of you, that. That's when you know you've been a mega cunt. Because that's like, you don't. Yeah, you hand want, out the window is big. 
if your hand's out the window when you're apologising for being a cunt, you've been a major cunt, and you want not only the person behind you to recognise that you were being a cunt, but the cars behind them to recognise that you were being a cunt. All cars in the immediate vicinity. Can see that you were being a cunt. You apologised open-handedly, mm. literally and physically. You put your hand up, is what you're doing. And you said, sorry. I put my hand up. I was being a cunt. I was being a cunt. I made a fatal error in my GPS fucked out on me, and I didn't intend to do that. Sorry mm. for the inconvenience. And then everyone goes... Ah, we've all been a cunt sometimes. Sorry about that, but I need to get to the Anzac Bridge and I was just about to go to Penrith. Yeah. So I need to fucking be in this lane. Sorry, dude. I need the Anzac Bridge and not to be in the area. Anyway, I get in, dude. I finally make it to my destination. I'm in Newtown. I find this car park. I fucking get in there. I'm out, dude. First of all, dude, being in the city is fucking cool as fuck. Yeah, the city uh, is sick. Being the, in the fucking city, and I know it sounds gay, but there is like, there's definitely like an energy to everyone being out and about. It's nighttime. There's a fucking run on Main Street. There's pubs. There's fucking restaurants. There's neon fucking signs everywhere. It's all lit up, bro. There's like th- heaps of people out. Way more people than should just be out on a Wednesday. Yeah, when you're in the city and you're out on a Wednesday and there's that many people pissing out their dick, you're like, Pfft. What's going on? Bro, yeah. A lot of piss, people piss, pissing at their dicks out there, dude. Yeah. And so I get there, dude. I get to my destination. I look at the group chat because there's a group chat for the show. I realize that I'm a little bit early, but it's because I don't really have my timing right because it was the first time I'd done it. And you'd rather be early than I'd late. rather be early than late. That's right. So I go, I have a drink. I look at the chat, dude. The chat is just like three of the comedians on the lineup being like, Yo, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. All the trains have stopped. Someone has jumped on the train on the tracks and killed themselves. Oh my god. Someone has oh my god. ended things on their own terms, dude. And three of the comedians that were catching a train to the gig didn't get on because all the trains were shut. And I was just sitting there going like, "Fuck, cunt." Cuz I was fully full blown on the afternoon. I was like, Fuck man, maybe I'm just gonna catch the train. I don't. Um, maybe I should just catch the train. And then I decided against it, and I just went down. And dude, if I had caught the train, I wouldn't have even got on. And I would have made the th- fucking three hour trip down there just to be held up at fucking Central Station because oh there's God. no fucking trains there. What a fucking nightmare, dude! What absolute nightmare, dude. So I got a little bit more time because yeah. I was less comedians. Fuck yeah. The Laugh Inn is a fucking, is is sick, dude. And, like, I went there just as, like, it's not a paid show, but it's, like, a booked show. And it was our show, and then right afterwards was an open mic. Okay, did you do the mic as well? I didn't do the mic because I had to come back because yeah. I had to go to work the next day. But we went in there. It's It's full just, like, upstairs and then around into this hallway, and then you go down a bit, and then there's just a doorway. And it just opens up into just like this like stone, like brick room. And then there's a stage. And then there's just like a, at, at the back corner, there's just like all the sound equipment. And then there's just chairs. And then okay. that's just what it is, dude, with the lights coming out. And it's fucking cool as hell. Well, let's go next month or some shit. Yeah, I'll absolutely, I'll absolutely tea fucking tee up with the guy. I'll bring some people down, dude. But it was fucking cool as hell, dude. And then <clears throat> there was maybe like 14 people in the thing. This girl gets up in front before me and she's like doing her shit, bombing. 
bombing oh, hard, no. dude. And this is a lady who gets on a lot of shows, dude. Uh, off air, tell me, please. So, um, so <laughs> she's getting on a lot of shows, dude. Well, tell me now and I'll edit it out. Never heard of her. You've never heard of her, but she's just a fucking some dumb bitch with big tits. Like, she's a, she's a hot comedy chick. Oh, there was one of those in Austin that was talking about having an OnlyFans and how rich she is, and I didn't vibe with it at all. Yeah, no, they're te- honestly terrible. Um, I don't know why we've convinced, like, women we should be listening to them talk. But <laughs> Neither do I. But, um, but she got on, she bombed, dude. So I'm sitting there going, like, fuck, cunt. I've gone gone this whole, whole way to get to this open mic, dude, and it's just shit crowd. I'm going to fucking bomb. I get up, dude. Fucking, I ripped and teared, dude. Nice. I surprised myself. There was like a limit, like there's like 14 people. I had everyone laughing. I had an applause break. I had people, comics in the fucking hallway outside, like coming in, like popping their head in and like listening and shit. So I did really well, all with shit that I'm like, I treated it as an open mic. So just all shit that I'm just sort of like working on now. I was like, I was reading off a piece of paper on my fucking hand. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then I fucking, so did that, went out there. And then the guy who books the room was like, yo, dude, I fucking heard in there. That's great, man. Hit me up for some like paid weekend spots. Nice. Dude. And I was like, yes, cunt. And then I, I was talking to them all and I was, they were like, where are you from? Like, we've never seen you. And I was like, yeah, I live up in Newcastle. And they were like, geez, that's a pretty far away. I thought you like lived here. And I was like, nah, I mean, like I'm trying to come down here like as much as I can. And then. Some of them were telling me about like how they live in Sydney and shit. And I was just like, nah, dude, I live five minutes away from the fucking beach in Merriweather, man. It's going to take me a lot to fucking pry me out of there. Yeah. Like I'll just make peace with the fact that I'll have to drive down here sometimes. Yeah. I don't need to live in a fucking six person share house in a terrace and still pay fucking 500 bucks a week for a room. Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that cunt. Fuck that. That's one thing I kind of learned. I think my biggest takeaway from Austin to jump back to that was like, um, just like to, to pee, to go over there and to have like three months where you're not focused on work yeah. or, f- or fucking anything aside from waking up every day and just like writing material, but in the interim just to bank as much shit as what you can, because you don't know what's going to happen on any given show like that. And you hear stories from like having chats with like people there, um, they all know a comic that had, you know, done Kill Tony, gets invited back to Brian Redband's, like, secret show. They do that. They're then now performing with, like, mad cunts. Or in the rare occasion, someone's just like, hey, I'm going here next weekend. Want to come and open for me? Yeah. So, like, I think, like, <clears throat> a good takeaway would be, like, make sure you've got a fucking bank load of killer material to go over there with. So it's just like the next time you get invited to Redband show, you can go and do different material for him yeah but it's sick that like that you found like a good little spot in sydney because i think this is what like we need to start kind of trying to do more of is just getting down to some of these other rooms that do throb yeah that's what i was talking to the guy about man he i was basically they were saying like you know it's it's kind of just hard when you're not around here all the time showing your face like that's how a lot of people just start actually getting into some of these rooms is that like you're just around and they see you enough. And because all of these bigger comics still do as many open mics as they can, then you'll just be on shitty open mics with people who are good. Yeah. And then if you're good, then they'll be like, yo, I'll introduce you to someone, whatever. But like if we're just up here ripping and tearing in our own comedy club, really up here, then like they just don't really fucking know who we are. So like 
I went down there just being like, whatever. And then they were like, dude, you're, you're fucking, you know, you're really good. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm just not fucking in here, dude. Mm. <clears throat> I think, so I was um, sick, man. I, I'm, I'm keen to do more fucking down there, man. And it was, um, it was just a, it was a fucking great night, dude. And then I had a fucking hectic kebab. And I went down so downstairs. Listen here, I, I completely now I do understand the appeal of being like a in the city comic that just does stand up. Like that lifestyle does seem fucking sick as hell. And I only really experienced it for a night. And people were like, you know, you're doing the mic afterwards, and then people rocked up for the mic, and there was like thirty comics trying to fucking get on this mic. Yeah, and then there was people who didn't do the mic because they left my show as soon as their set was over. Cause they needed to fucking go to another room that they've lined up somewhere else. Yeah. And I was like, dude, no wonder people sacrifice, you know, they make peace with living in a fucking six person share house when they're 34 exactly because they're never there because they're out at night doing three or four or five sets a night. Ripping yeah. and tearing. It's exact same as Austin, man. That's yeah. exactly the same feeling that I had. And I was just like, it made me want to come back here and just maybe even start a bunch of rooms. So it's just like at least tee up some of the boys to everyone to start their own room and then at least there's more than one fucking open mic every now and then on. Yeah, for sure. Because like that's the that's been the biggest hindrance is when it's like I've got plenty of time to practice, but a lot of, the majority of my practice this year was pretty much doing like the 10 minutes that we had at the festival into then working weekend shows as well where you can like when and you get on an open mic every now and then to start something new and then in some like some instances like you've got four people at an open mic and it's like oh this isn't a true reflection of the bit and then on the other end of the coin you've got 90 people and you're like this isn't a true reflection of the bit either because they could just be vibing purely off the room yeah um but yeah like i think are you do you feel like you just want to now like get down there more often and be in the mix more and just write more and just be around it more? Well, that's the thing, man. It's like I've got like a uh, – on a whiteboard in my study, I've got like a big list of like rooms that are in Sydney and other places that I want to do. Yeah. And I've turns out – And I fucking – I got to tick one off, dude, because that room was one that I wanted to do. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so I was like, fuck yeah. And then I just need to keep going down there and, you know, showing my face and doing well, dude. And then just trying to fucking get on as many rooms as I can. Yeah. And once they see you and they see that you're good, like they'll tell me, they'll just like, yeah, if you do what you did then or even like your good stuff or whatever, like people will see you and they'll, they'll want to put you on. Like people here still want to put on good shows. Yeah. I'm going to Brisbane at the end of August. Uh, I think August. Um, so I'm hitting. I'm gonna hit up a few connections that we have for good chat, and I'm just gonna send them a set that the club's filmed, and just be like, "I'm a paid regular. Can I get a spot?" Yeah, fuck yeah, that'll be sick as hell. Um, <clears throat> bro, I want to hear about Friday night, last night's showcase. But let's take a piss, bro. I want to hear about Friday night's showcase. You're gonna have to tell me all. Okay. So, mate, Friday night showcase. I get a message <coughs> from you saying that something has. Something happened last night that has never happened to you before. Yeah. Uh, so I rock up. You know, I rock up how I usually rock up for most showcases. I rock up five minutes before, if not as it starting, because that's just how I like to do it. I don't yeah. like to be there for too long beforehand. You don't. I don't. I don't like to be. I don't. Dude, I hate everything about stand up until after I get off stage. 
Yeah, okay. If I do well, then I'm like, stand-up's the best. This is so fucking sick. But all the way up until I go on stage, I hate it. I yeah, hate being there. When when we went away to do that gig and like I'm in like the pump-up mood because I'm like, I need to fucking, like, it's game time. I need to get psyched up. Yeah. And you're on the couch just like chilling. Yeah. Are you having an internal freak out at that point? What are you doing on the couch at that point? Because you're sitting there and I'm like, I'm listening to hip hop getting fucking ready to rip and tear. I'm trying to chill myself out as much as possible. So like you like to get hype up. You like to like, let's go. It's game time. Yeah. It's it's like football. I was like this in football too. People were like fucking banging their heads against lockers and shit, trying to fucking pump themselves up. And I've just got my headphones in fucking just leaning back. Like I'm just trying to chill. I need I need to chill. I need my brain to be not getting overwhelmed and I need to just be chilling. And that's why I like to smoke weed before I go on stage, but not to the point where I'm not high when I'm doing it, but leading up to it. You get baked and then so you're on the tail end of the high. So yeah, yeah. I like to do that because I, I like to just fucking chill, dude. So I rock up in there. All right, it, let's go. People are filing in. Crowd's bumping. People, when, yeah. I, when I got there, a few comedians were like, oh, it might be a weird night. And I was like, oh, I think it'll be all right. But then more and more people started flowing in. It was good. The energy was great. I'm hanging out there and out in the sort of the back area. We're all sort of talking and talking and talking. Everything's pumping. Music's going. And then just shunk, 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 these big loud noises. All the lights turn off. All of the fucking music gets turned off. We're in complete darkness. What? The power's gone out. How many? What? The fucking many, power's gone out, dude. How this many people are in the room at easily this Easily 80. Oh, no. Easily 80. So more people are still coming. More people are still coming. Fuck. Dude, well, everyone's like, what the fuck? What do we do? Elliot goes up and he's like, hey, everyone, just like the power's obviously gone out. Just everyone just take a seat, relax. Obviously, you can't, the bar's now closed because that's all run off the Wi-Fi, which is connected to the internet. Once that goes out, it's gone. There's people up there that are like, had already been drinking. So there's people who are drunk, like, where the fucking be? Like trying to do it. Everyone's trying to fucking settle down. No oh one knows what's going on, no. dude. <laughs> we, we're like, all right, let's go to the switchboard. Go down to the switchboard, dude. It won't flick back on, right? And then we're like, fuck, what's going on here, dude? We go outside, dude. Like a quarter of the street is out. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so it's not us, dude. The kebab shop's fucking out. Oh, the fucking no, restaurant next door. Dude. Like a few down. Like like oh, that cor- that whole nice. corner section was gone. Like four or five businesses are just out, dude. Fuck. So luckily not the whole block, but just localized in that area. So everyone's like, that's, that's a bad sign. Because if it's just you, then it's probably something that you can just fix. Yeah. But if it's like four or five people, dude, you're like... <sighs> Fuck, dude. Yeah. So that ain't your that ain't your regular Sparky. That's coming to fix it, dude. Nah, and like and there was a Sparky there. Oh. So this guy's like, I'm a Sparky. Where's the fucking meter box? Let's fucking go. That everyone's going. What thing? Elliot is trying to keep people calm. He's trying to figure out what to do. He's there without James and Brady, so he's freaking out. Oh no! I think dude. the most that Elliot did was just ring people. Like he was just like <laughs> his whole problem solving brain was like. Who can I call? Yeah. Um, but he did a great job of like going up and talking to people, keeping everyone, you know, calm and whatever and shit. And just basically saying like, you know, we're working on fixing it. Elliot handled it fucking really well, dude. Fucking crushed it. Then like Brady gets on the phone. We're trying to figure out what to do. We get this close from like canning the show. We're about to be like, look, 
everyone, we've got your email addresses. We'll just refund you. We don't know what to do. The kebab shop dudes are upstairs. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're like, what's going on? Everyone's freaking out, dude. People, I've got drinks in their hands, so they're not allowed to go out into the street. So everyone's trapped up inside. Oh, People have got their oh, iPhones fuck. out, so it gets kind of a little bit illuminated, but... You know, there's nothing. We just didn't know what the fuck was going on, man. And then, then our savior, dude, Brady. Ah, oh, the fucking goat, the great man himself, dude. The goat of improvising when it comes to fucking show business. And one of the top podcast uh, guests that we've had as well. Every People, time he's on, dude, he, he rips. Dude. The comments when the the DMs I get when Brady comes on are off the charts. Fuck yeah, dude. He's the best, dude. He's like. Guys, I'm coming, dude. <laughs> yes. So he the fuck, man so of the he, situation. So we we get up, we're like, all right, we've got people on the way. We're sorting it out. If you want to leave, you can. But if you want to stay, we're gonna try and do a comedy show, dude. Andrew Hamilton was there fucking last night, dude. He had a brilliant idea of like, let's all hot spot the bar with our phones. Oh yeah. So we're hot spotting the bar. Let's get the drinks up and running to like keep these people fucking here. Right? So we're hot spotting the bar, dude. We've got drinks starting to fucking flow. Yeah. People are tripping out, idea. dude. Brady shows up, dude. He fucking shows up wearing fucking a singlet and shorts. Let's then, go, dude. Nighttime. He just left the gym and he's like, all right. Easily just left me. the gym. Comes in. He's got like these like flashlights, not flashlights, sorry, like these like little light things that you that you would see in like a garden or like a work site. These LEDs. He's like, I'm gonna hook these things up. We've got a spare microphone, dude, and like some speakers. So he like rigs up these fucking lights so everyone can sort of see. He like goes up there, tries to like fit this microphone, dude, ends up having to fit a microphone to a fucking like Bluetooth speaker. <clears throat> How big of a Bluetooth speaker are we talking? Not big, dude. Maybe something you'd take on a picnic or to the beach, or something. Fuck. So we are doing. St then the microphone starts, dude. We start the show. We start the fucking show, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah, Brady. Full. We had to full like kick a guy out before the show even started because Why? We, because we kept asking people not to go up on stage and try to help, and he kept going up to like try and push his way in to start help. He was already like drunk, and then Brady was like, "Bro, get out of here!" And he started abusing Brady. So I was like, "Nah, get the fuck out of here. We're not even starting the show until you're there." So we got him out. He's getting kicked out, dude. The crowd starts going, "Na na 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 <laughs> na 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 na." Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye <laughs> We're kicking this guy out He's out up the top of the staircase Brady's like come on you gotta go I like go over there to like support I'm I'm looking staunch dude I'm chest out I'm like let's fucking go I'm gonna fuck Let's fucking go And then I'm gonna fucking do comedy dude So we kick this fucking guy out Ethan Bentley gets up there Starts fucking just making jokes, dude. Everyone's fucking going. The crowd's fucking pumping, dude. It's just a fucking good show. They're up for it. Some pe Only like a couple people left, dude. Like most people stayed. And people were rocking up as we were in a blackout. And we were just signing their names off. And they were going in, walking into darkness <laughs> for, the next, for the next 45 minutes. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah, dude. I've never had this happen to me before, dude. 
I get up there. We we started so late that we didn't have a break. We just rolled through, which is honestly, dude, is fucking sick. Yeah, way better. Way better, dude. I, and I understand from a business perspective, you want to make that money. Yeah. And some people want to go to the bathroom and shit like that. But we blew through, dude, and the show was fucking great. Everyone did well. I it's it was so weird because. There was no lights, but the lights that they rigged up meant that the it was way brighter than we regularly do stand up. Oh, so okay. you could just see everyone's face. Oh fuck! Was it was it good though? Yeah, it was. I've never seen that many faces before because usually if you can see everyone's face, you're in like a cafe or something, yeah. and there's like twelve people here. But like if you're at the showcase, there's like ninety people here, dude. You're just looking at ninety people who've been drinking a while. Yeah, because the show didn't start until like eight thirty. Oh my god! <clears throat> so I get up there. You're doing stand up, and. All of the sound is just coming from a Bluetooth speaker at your right hip. So all sounds coming from there and there's a little bit of a delay because it's just, these are two instruments that aren't meant to be working together. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my. So you got like a half a second delay from what you say to when it comes out. You've got to adjust to that. You've got people who've been drinking a bit. So I got heckled a few times, but like, luckily it was like good. It was like adding to the show. Like I ended up just doing like new material. Like I was just doing it as like an open mic. Cause I was like, this is just more of the vibe than if I try and go out here and do like my proper showcase set, knowing full well that this is not a regular fucking yeah, showcase. This is different. But everyone, everyone did well, man. And it was just, the show was so close to me and canned and then it just wasn't bro. And then it fucking... When, and I was like, I, w w I went into the to the night being like, I'm just going to go get my set done and then bounce because the Saints are playing. Yeah, okay. This happened the more and more like an hour had gone and I was just looking at the score and I was just like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going home at all. So I just fucking stayed. I watched the whole showcase and I was the whole show was just sick, dude. And then, and then, 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 dude, people are going out. Everyone, all the audience members like, you guys did like so, like complimenting everyone for like getting through it. Everyone was fucking pumped and pumped and pumped. We're doing the thing where like, you know, <clears throat> I like to help clean up the club yeah. after every showcase. If I'm still there at the end, I like to help clean up. We're all cleaning up. We're all cleaning up, dude. And then literally as we're cleaning up, funk, 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 everything turns on. <laughs> Everything oh, just turns on, dude. Well, props to like Elliot and Brady for getting the show to go, and for the oh, people unreal. that stayed out, man. That's it's almost made the experience even better in a way that like you've got a whole story of like it went out. We didn't think the com comedians were going to come on. They came on. They did a show through a Bluetooth speaker. They all would have left. Pretty much having a good time. Now imagine yeah. how much fun they're going to have when they come back and everything actually works. Oh, yeah, dude. They're going to have a mad time. They're like, fuck, this is way better. Yeah, dude. It was, it was fucking, it was honestly sick. Was I love fucking I, sick, dude. Bro, I love the club. It was good to go back on Tuesday. Having three weeks off stand-up felt a little rusty. Yeah, because you didn't do it at all, did you? Nah, I missed out, dude. I missed out on the on the opportunities that I that I want, went for. Another thing that happens on open mics over there, I found out from a comedian. Not sure if this is true or not, so could be speaking out of my ass. But this is what he told me that on some they do sign up on the night and put your name in a barrel, and they'll just like shake it around and say I'm running the room. Then I just pull it out and I'm like, oh Taylor Coftry is on, like Luke Dillon, he's on. 
Oh, just read what you just the people you whoever want. you want to pull on. You just kind of pull on like they just w- apparently do that on some of these. Fair enough. So, I would do that if I ran an open mic that two hundred people kept signing up to. Yeah, and just every now and then you don't know, so you just keep letting people on, and you end up having some nights where like f- six mentally ill people get spots with like three actual comedians and you're like, fuck, I can't just keep doing this. Actually, that makes so much sense. That's I can't exactly just keep doing this. That, yeah. Imagine like seeing fucking, you can bleep this, but imagine just keep reading out the name and he's like, oh, f- you just keep being like, uh, yeah, person I actually want, uh, person I actually want, uh, person who I've actually seen and is actually trying, so they should probably get a go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, that mentally ill homeless person, that wrapped fucking cream or <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> the mentally ill guy that wrapped the Wu-Tang Clan. Dude, I didn't mention that, like, some, like, black chick got up and was just like, am I the N-word you were talking about? She called him on it, and then it was made things weird. Then she tried to make a joke out of everything. And, yeah, that's and then a- the open mic night started after that, dude. <laughs> so like, great vibe. I was like, what? <laughs> What is doing here, bro? It was fucking insane, man. Never seen anything like that before. I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, dude. Um, Mate, how good is a party cast when we just pound the drinks and uh, have a bit of a blast cast? Dude, this is fucking fun, dude. And like, I don't know if any of this has made sense because I've just been drunk the entire time, dude. There might be some bits that are a little bit tough on the ears, but honestly, if you've made it this far, dude, thank you so much. Props to you. You're Props to the, you, dude. One of the real ones. You're one of the real ones. If you DM me that you've made it to this far, please let me know. And this isn't <laughs> even a regular party cast because it's got a theme of you just telling us what's going on. Like regular party casts get degenerate so much further. Yeah. Because it's it's instead of you just telling us sort of like what's happened and it's got structure. Like, we're usually, like, two and a half hours into just letting our brains go. Yeah, and usually we have a few more fucking people here to rip and tear. But, look, we've only done one real party cast before. I guess the precipice for this one is that it's just a long one. It's, look, we're partying on. (laughs) (laughs) We're partying, boys. Um, And, dude, fuck. Uh, Mate, just trying to think of what we should talk about next, actually, because that's how hard I've been partying, dude. (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> um I mean we could talk about those fucking billionaires. What do you want to say? Oh that? wait, we should do the disciples. Dude, dude, let's do the disciples, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, dude. Well, I reckon what we should do is we should hear from some of the boys that we haven't heard from since since I've been away, mate. And some of the boys have been reaching out. So, without further ado, I think we do this one. I know when that hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. I know when that hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. First cab off the rank, Young Taylor. Yeah, g'day boys. Brucey, brother Bruce. My dog. Young Brucey here. Mate, just calling in. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, actually previous pod guest. Twice, uh, I believe. Back in the single-digit episodes. 
now, mate, I'm just calling to put my hand up for the number 13 jersey on the Disciples squad. Talk um, to me, Bruce. Got a lot of Paddy Carrigan about me, you know, the thick dick of the north. <laughs> Good-looking bloke. Yes. Just a relentless cunt. Yes. Uh, but most of all, most important of all, uh, just a morale booster. Oh, um, oh. Love boosting morale. Got like that, that energy about me. Got that dog in me. <laughs> just go ahead and uh, hand over that number 13 jersey. Uh, just put my hand up for it. If you want to give it to me, you can, uh, of course. But always uh, ready to rip and tear. Uh, match fit. Fucking piss fit, as always. <laughs> Uh, give us some consideration. Uh, would love to be a part of the team. Brother Bruce out. Brother Bruce. <laughs> Look, he finished He finished with saying Brother Bruce out, and I might start by saying Brother Bruce I, in. I've dude. never heard that saying before, but I love it. Piss fit. Oh, piss fit. You've never yeah. heard that expression? No, I haven't. Dude. Yeah, like that guy can drink. Like good on the beers. Piss, piss fit. fit. Yeah, All right, I like it. It's fantastic. And... Um, I don't know if you've met Brucey, but yes, he he's very he speaks the truth. He is he was one of the first guests. I think episode six he was on. Wow, okay. So he was the second guest after you, I believe, mate. Um, he's then featured on the podcast again for an Origin recap, which we're going to do again this year. Uh, that episode is called "Lou Eyes a Cunt," and hey, <laughs> hey, look. Truer words have never been spoken. He is a fucking gay cunt. Dude. Fucking hope he's a gay dude. Cunt. I'm not even really about rugby league. I'm sort of getting a little bit more, but dude, he's a fucking gay cunt. Yeah, we'll get back to him later, but let's talk about a sick cunt over here for a minute, Tom Bruce. Um, mate, I think he's got to be on the podcast. He, everything I, like I heard about this man, everything you heard about him, hot boy, got about a bit of Pat Carrigan about him, which means, hey, he's a reliable cunt. Mm. He'll turn up, he'll get the job done. He'll crack in. He'll hook in, not just one weekend, bro, but. Every weekend that you need him, he'll he'll rip in, and uh, yeah, he I think he's certainly got my vote for that number thirteen jersey. I trust your judgment. You trust my judgment. We're going to roll on. We're, the thing here too is that like we're not picking a squad, we're building a squad. Building a we're squad. Building, we're we're not even picking a squad, dude. We're building a list. Yeah, we're building a list. We're going to build a, your list and list management. Is crucial. You got to think what you bring, what you can bring to the team. Exactly. Got to think like, what well, fuck? What's unique what do we about need? me that has a bit of rugby league about it that we need? Are you quick witted? Maybe you could be on the wing. You know, I won't give too much else away, but maybe you guys need to think. What can I bring to the goddamn team, dude? Yeah, dude. Exactly. Are you fucking reliable, dude? Are you, are you are you able to fucking convert, dude? Are you able to convert fucking conversations, dude? When it's around to your when it's your turn, is it, are you gonna go when it's your turn to go? Are you gonna fucking say something that makes me laugh when <laughs> you need to say something that makes me laugh? That's what I need. Taylor needs a bit of fucking. He needs a bit of character about you. Yeah. Because I don't like being outside of my house. He doesn't. He's so I need to be out with a squad that is ticking all the boxes for me to be outside. And around. All right. Well, let's get on to the next one then, Taylor. Hey, fellas. It's uh, it's uh, Mitch Coyne here from the How to Not Comedy. Uh, look, I've I got to put a, an official response out to, to Piss Boy Brian. Got to say, mate, you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. They do call me Fat Boy. I'm a little fatty. Uh, I also go by the name Puddin' Tits, you know, on account of my sweet little Puddin' Tits. Uh, but despite all of that, my wife's still a hottie, so I consider myself kind of on top on that one. 
Uh, I also do live in a socio, like lower socioeconomic area, um, but I own two houses. So that kind of evens things out on that front too. Uh, thirdly, uh, I'd love to hear that you're a fan of our pod, Brian. You know, we're the sixth most popular comedy, comedy podcast in Australia. I'm sure if we had more fans like you, Brian, we'd, we'd probably make it to fifth. Uh, last, last but not least, Brian, look, How to Not Comedy is not a, a true crime podcast or anything like that. But if you ever want to take a break from killing hookers at truck stops, hit us up, mate. You're the funniest serial killer since Ted Bundy. You know, keep that lead in your pencil. And uh, I'm voting for you to get the jersey, mate. I think you deserve it because that phone call was fucking legendary. I love you. Listen to How to Not Comedy podcast, the shittest comedy podcast in Newcastle. Mwah. <laughs> dude, so that was a response to Brian. From That was a response, dude. We're, dude we are fostering beef. Dude, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that that was going to be beef, but two times Brian has called in. And he's got someone fucking up in arms. He said twice, dude, because he got Benny bad. He got Benny. He got Benny he got fired Benny up, dude. He, dude, he and lost. Mitch, he lost all composure. Mitch came through with a bit of heat then as well. For yeah, old mate, dude, Brian. Brian gets under people's skins, <laughs> and you know does, what, dude? dude? We need a pest. Maybe we do, dude. Need we a need pest. a Michael Ennis. We need it, and he did request to play hooker. Yeah, dude, we do. We need that, man. We need a fucking Hayden Ballantyne. We need someone. We need just who's a little shitty get cunt. Your skin. Yes, dude. We, we need, need a grub. We need a grub. We need a fucking we grub, bro. Grub. We need a Toby Green, dude. I didn't think about this. We need a grub, dude. We need a grub. How so, did we not have a grub? Now exact, we got one. Look at it, Brian. Brian. The hooker spot's yours, dude. The <laughs> hooker know. spot is yours, Brian. You are the grub. You got Mitch Coin fucking got Mitch flexing about having two houses. Like, oh America, yeah, dude, like. dude. You're bringing out people property flexing. Yeah, dude. dude your comment got un. You, you, what you were saying got under Mitch's skin so bad that he had to drop on a public forum. On a public forum, dude. His landlord status. Yeah, bro. Oh, you know, absolutely. I'm inviting him to my birthday party. That's he might funny, give me dude. a good Brian, gift, Brian, welcome a fucking bald cunt. Welcome aboard, Brian. Um, dude, we're, we're going for it. Who else do we have in here? Well, boys, first time uh, caller, long time fucking listener of the godliest podcast in all of Newcastle. Look, boys, I, I just need to say I want to register my interest oh. as joining the squad. You need a front rower. You need someone who has no regard for his own body or his own safety. Someone that's going to fucking hit cunt's head first. Fuck, man, I Irish kiss my kids goodnight. <laughs> fucking double tap the cunts to make sure they stay asleep. You know? We need some fucking violence. Someone with bad intentions in that front row. Someone who's fucking going to... Like, I'm from Victoria. I don't know fucking anything about rugby. All I know about hitting cunts and making sure they don't get up. So put it in, boys. Dude, oh, I on, absolutely love, first of all, first of love all. the fucking energy. Also, very much empathise with not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about, about rugby league, and then being a part of creating one. It's very fun. Okay. So I understand that. I love bringing in, we do need some violence. I, I see, we were just talking about having a grub, but, and... I think he... We need someone for the grub to stand behind. And we need someone who's going to... Yeah. and Or we need someone that, like he said, he's going to bring violence. And I'm afraid to say... What happens if we don't say yes and the violence is brought to us? That's one one thing that I thought about. 
But what if it's brought to us, brother? But when someone comes to me with the proposition to commit violence on my behalf, dude, I'll never say no. Nah. I'll and, never say no to that. And i tell you what I got from that is, um, I don't know why, and I haven't seen the movie in a very long time and I could be wrong, but in one of the Mighty Ducks, didn't they get some Bash Brothers or something? Just some big bad motherfuckers on their team that... yeah. The, yeah, or did the, they the, verse the, the Bash Brothers? The, yeah, the Bash Brothers, weren't they called? Yeah, I just remember, like, I just, just remember... Two dudes who would fuck people up. Yeah, I just remember that. I don't know if that's who they played against or if they played on the Mighty Ducks at one point. I can't remember yeah, exactly. But there was a lot of Bash Brother energy about that call. Yeah, I like it. Sounds like the kind of guy that he's going to headbutt, question, headbutt first and ask questions later. He just said he gives his Irish kids a kiss goodnight. That was fucking... <laughs> <laughs> that was loose as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <clears throat> All right. So um, if you couldn't tell, uh, that's a familiar voice that you would have heard on this podcast before. That's um, that's Joel Pierce reaching out saying he wants he wants to step up and take the spot. Let's see what else we've got here. How's it going? Just ringing to talk about shit employees. Uh, employees who wanted to punch in the face, perhaps. Um, so there was this one time... I worked at a place for about six years, and this girl that I thought was my friend, um, she was resigning. Anyway, she didn't tell me she was resigning until she was, like, about to clock off, and then she said, oh, this is my last shift, so, like, you know, see ya. Anyway, so I gave her, like, a pretend slap in the face, like, you know, it wasn't even, like, hard. You could see there was no red mark, there was no... Nothing. But it was slapped just, her. You know, a Sounds slow motion. <laughs> Sounds pretend like a good slap. In the face. Anyway, to the camera, it looked like I'd slapped her in the face. <laughs> Next minute, she goes to HR. Oh. Next minute, I'm getting pulled into the office. Next minute, I'm getting told I'm not coming to work. Next minute, I'm getting pulled more into HR. I'm not allowed to say anything. Next minute, I'm getting told I need to clean out my locker. Next minute, I'm getting escorted to the car park where I've just been fired from this establishment that I've worked at for like six, probably coming on seven years. Fuck. And um, i got to say, at first it was a bit shocking, but after that, like, I thought it was pretty good. So it wasn't even like I tried to punch her because I wanted to punch her. Like, I aggressively hated her. I actually just gave her a cheeky love tap. So... I mean, even if you just be a pussy, you're still affecting someone, I guess. So maybe next time if you're going to, if I had one regret, it would be if you're going to get fired for punching someone, slapping someone, I'd do a fucking good job. <laughs> Don't just do a half-ass like pussy one, yo. Like just fucking send it. Anyway, salada. Look, very valid point because... Toward the end of it, I was like, what's going to happen? Like, uh, and gets gets fired for a slap on the face, which is pretty funny. But when she was telling that story, I was like, if you if you knew you were going to get fired for slapping, yeah, you'd punch. For sure. You'd just be like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you know that <laughs> I'll the- I'll just punch my mate who's quitting work. He's like, you fucking dog, you left it. Boom! And just, yeah, just fuck the cunt up. Like, full, like, feed him Mungo. Just fucking... Poof, yeah, you'd give poof. it... You'd put it... You'd put proper hands on him. Oh, yeah. I'd be fucking throwing... <laughs> fucking zipping around, dude. Bopping him. 
But <clears throat> also, you did slap someone in the face. However you want to dress it up. You've slapped someone in the face at work. Dude. <laughs> dude, you can't do that, dude. That, but that's <laughs> I was just joking. It didn't leave a mark on her face. <laughs> you fucking What? Dude, it's, you slapped someone at work. It's an unhinged. Yeah, and also too, the the fact that it happened so quick, they were fucking looking for any chance to get rid of her. They were like, nah, get her out. This it, is that this is our shot. Look, it, I think it was a an unhinged but absolute baller move to do it. You know what I mean? Because like a few weeks ago, uh, I believe what the call was in reference to, we were talking about how you should be able to punch on with an employee. And uh, if they did it on the first Tuesday of December. Yeah, that would be all good. Bro, employee of the month. Mm. Just knocked out Sarah who was on the way out. But that is shit. That is, it is shit of someone who you think you've been at least work friends with for fucking six years. Yeah. Doesn't tell you and just drops it on her last shift that she's leaving you. Yeah. It's dude. A, it's an, dude, when you're like one of your good co-workers leaves, it's full on like a breakup. It is like a breakup. It feels like dude. a breakup, man. You ever, you ever left a job and then gone back to it like an old fling? No, I've, I've never have. I've had to do it one time. I, I've, I've done it in terms of I worked at the same pool after I'd worked there previously, but it was a different company that was running the pool. Oh, okay. So it wasn't really the same. But, yeah, um, yeah, dude, fucking no, I've never fucking done that, dude. That's a d- yeah, but it's, it, back to what you're saying, bit of a dog move from the, from the, it's a dog from the co-worker. Move, for sure, especially if you're like, it's just you and them or you and a small group of people for a while. Like, I just had a fucking, a girl that I was working closely with, she was like my other counterpart up below our boss. <clears throat> on the same level as me She just fucking left She bounced dude She bounced dude She started working fucking somewhere else man Because of this whole thing where um, Oh that's probably I can't talk too much about it mainly, <laughs> <laughs> It's mainly just in the public service There's contractors And then people Contractors are casual And they don't have like Leave and all that type of shit And they're just on temporary contracts Yeah and Their contract ran out dude Yeah exactly dude Her contract was running out And they We didn't have enough clarity On whether or not These APS positions are, Like full time Are actually popping up So Before You know She was left in the lurch You know dude She just fucking She got She got a job somewhere Like she just got offered a job Somewhere else With fucking full time pay And all that type of shit And she was like Look I have to fucking go Bro you could have just said That Shorty bounced Shorty bounced You could have just said Shorty bounced You (laughs) Spoke for three and a half minutes About So much shit That had nothing to do With what happened You could have just went Yeah bro That happened to me I worked with Closely with this This chick She was a mad cut And then you know what dude Shorty bounced Alright Alright Ready (laughs) Already, already. <laughs> Go on, dude. That happened to me, man. I was working with this chick for like the last, the whole time I was up here and Shorty bounced. Dude, Shorty bounced? Dude, Shorty bounced, dude. That's fuck, dude. She bounced, dude. And now I'm, it's just me fucking and my boss. No one else on my level, which is lonely. Dude. It sucks, cunt. Yeah, you got to be your boss's best friend, dude. At, but at least, that's what I'm saying, dude. At least she gave me the fucking two weeks morning. Yeah, dude. Yeah, look, to, to close this one off, I think uh, I think first and foremost, shit co-worker for bouncing without saying anything, yeah. especially if this is a co-worker you've gone out and had drinks with or hung out with outside of work. 
Uh, if they're strictly a work friend, then maybe there's a little bit more leniency for them saying it, but I still but lean more towards the side of it was a dog cunt move. Yeah, because she said at the start of the call that this is someone that she thought was her friend. Yeah. There's a big difference of being like, oh, this is my co-worker yeah. and considering a co-worker a friend. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's a very true point. Um, okay, so they're a dog cunt and... Uh, <laughs> And ah! I think the moral of the story yeah. was, look, the slap may have been uncalled for. It's basically... Definitely it's 100%. Basically, it's like rugby league, right? If I can relate this back to this. If you uh, if you do like an open hand slap, it's basically considered a punch and you get sent for 10 minutes in the bin. You got sent off indefinitely. And I think that if we've learned anything from this story, if this happens again in the future and one of your co-workers just dips and doesn't tell you... yeah. Close fist to the chin, punch <laughs> through, and make sure you fucking nerk the cunt, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just do do your best to fucking do as much damage as possible because at the end of the day, you are losing your job 100%. All right, let's, uh, let's find the next one here. Okay, this goes for four minutes and 22 seconds. This... All right, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to fast forward through the dubstep because I don't think that... Okay. I don't think that... I think audio-wise, if you're driving in your car or listening to this, maybe you don't want to hear the dub. Harry Grant, the 14th disciple, checking in from Logan City in Queensland. Just bringing some impact off the bench. Harry Grant, my man. Boy. So I had some electrical maintenance to do at Gungahlin Marketplace. I needed to get there early so I could get work done before all the shops opened up. So I was in a rush. So I found the perfect quick drink in the car breakfast. I lead to a carton of custard. Oh, my God. Dude. So I get there. I meet with the shopping center manager, get everything I need, and we part ways. About a minute after he's gone, I realized I really need to shit. Like, right the fuck now. Like, I need to shit. That custard just gone straight through me. Jesus. So I, like, run, walk all the way to the other end of the shopping center where the toilets are. Um, but it is still 5am in the morning and (laughs) the modern shopping center and everywhere has got automatic lighting. So you can't just turn the lights on. So I look straight ahead. The men's toilets is really dark. The woman's toilets is really dark too. Can't go in either of those. So I thought I got to make a decision right now. So I just bashed the disabled toilet door open. It was, it was unlocked, but (laughs) I get in there because I thought that was my best chance to get some lighting. And nah, it was dark as fuck in there. So I get my camera, um, on my, sorry, the, the light on my phone going, and I just sit it up against the wall so I can get some light for when I'm shitting. Um, that was kind of helpful, but I got this thing that I've had my whole life um, where I will always put toilet paper on the toilet seat. Like, I'll never shit yeah, bare ass. Not a bear boy. And I just didn't have enough time to put the toilet paper down oh, it's an and uh, my phone with the light on it actually hit the floor so it was completely dark oh, oh no so now I'm just in the toilet hover shitting <laughs> and I'm like and then I, I do this shit it feels great obviously and um, <laughs> like, fuck, what's, that didn't sound like that was good um, so I pick up the phone I look back and there's just shit all the way down the back panel of the toilet and oh. down the inner side of the bowl. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, 
I'm not fucking cleaning that up. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> not cleaning up. That is fucking gross. There's no way I'm cleaning that up. Oh my so God. I, I carry carry on my with my work, and I had about two and a half hours worth of, worth of work to do. The whole time I was just stressed out because it could have only been me. <laughs> it could have only been me, and I was worried about the manager or a, or a cleaner coming up to me and saying, "Why the fuck did you do that?" So I was really worried. Anyway, so I finished all my work, and I was like tentatively going to see the manager just to say thanks and bye. Um. And, like, he mustn't have known about it. So he, he just says, like, Joe, thanks so much for your work. Um, can I get you anything to drink from Coles? And I'm like, yeah, a liter of custard, please. All right, Joey's second half. <laughs> Dude, fuck. Dude, what an ordeal, man. Because I, I've full-on been there. Like, I told the story the other day about yeah. how I fucking had to I think that's shit what, in the fucking... I think that's what that's that story may have, like, spiked oh, the memory awesome, for, yeah. for mate Joe. Because, yeah, as per last episode, we did speak about having to do emergency shits and they're never a good time. And uh, it's and never something you want to just, like... Throughout the course of your day, just have to drop everything to kind of do that. Yeah. And then in that moment to have to be a put toilet paper on the seat guy. Whereas like I have to get toilet paper and wipe the seat and then put the toilet paper in the water. I have to do that. But I don't need to put the You know what they have in some toilets in the States? They have like a bib. They have a a bib that you pull out and you sit on there. So Joe Mate, I need. I think you need to start writing like petitions to get people to get these paper towels that are the shape of toilet seats that you can kind of put on, so you don't have to deal with this traumatic experience of, you know, defecating all over a disabled toilet. That being said, if you are going to defecate really badly in one toilet, it should be the retarded one. It should be because people would walk in and then they'd probably just feel bad and yeah, they'd be like, oh, some retard. Came in here. Someone and shit did this. Over you know, everywhere. They they can't even shit properly. Like who who would I be to call them out on that? Kind I'm of not going to be fucking Albius, dude. <laughs> so fuck, ah, uh, mate. Anything else to say? A brave move getting cussed again. On yeah, the way that's out. that's honestly, dude. That's where most of my questions are. Actually, yeah. this whole story is. What do you mean? What do you mean, bro? You just you landed on custard for breakfast. That's fucking outrageous. I think everyone's made the mistake at one point in their life of rolling out to work very late than what you usually do and then getting like a dare iced coffee on the way to work. Yeah, I've absolutely done that. And then having to deal with the repercussions of that. I can imagine like custard would be 10 times worse than that of just your sitting there just thinking, what in fucking God's grief is happening to me right now. I've had a packet of twisties and a vanilla Coke for breakfast. Yeah. On, when, my, on my way to work, and when, that was just the only thing I had. When I used to work with the, the the Mac boys, our breakfast was literally like some days, dude, and by some days, I mean a lot of the days, would be like 2V energy drink, 500 mil cans on the way to work. Yeah. It was fucked. <laughs> I've had a lot of monster energy breakfast in my day. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to touch that shit anymore. That's beside the point. Uh, anything else to kind of say on on uh, the actions of dear mate Joe there? Mate, I mean, you did the best you can. Honestly, you you weren't helped with your phone falling over and, yeah. and falling on the ground to you in complete darkness. That's no good. You're up against it. And look, mist- accidents happen. 
And the best thing you can do when you make an accident is um, do an assessment on whether or not people will probably know it's you. And if the answer is probably not, don't do anything about it and don't admit to it. That's how I live my life. If there's something that I've done wrong and there's probably a very limited chance of anyone finding out, I just pretend I didn't do it and I just move on with my life. Mate, and that's it for the... uh the Disciple Darling, some fucking eventful calls there, bruh. Yeah, awesome. Some uh, eventful shit. We might take a piss and then wrap up with the Sunday roast. What do you reckon? I reckon that's a good idea. All right, we'll be right back. Mate, you know every week we like to fucking roast a cunt. Yeah. And I've been away for a few weeks and everything that's been dominating the headlines has been about one thing. But before we do that, let's get into this. The Sunday roast. Bro, it could only be one thing. It's the missing submarine, Mate, bro. yeah, the missing submarine. And, you know, our recording this, um, fuck, what's the date today? Who even knows, dude? The 24th <coughs> of June. 24th of June. So by this point, they reckon they've found debris. Um, but I think that I think that the person we need to roast for this incident is uh, is the captain of this submarine, for sure, dude. Yeah, dude. Fucking CEO of OceanGate, Stockton Rush. Now, if that is not the name of a varsity fucking lacrosse athlete that has definitely molested someone at Duke University, then <laughs> I am fucking dead and buried, cunt. He's dead and buried. Um, just just to go into, so the the company name's uh, OceanGate. <laughs> Sorry, got clogged up there. Yep. The the company's name is Ocean Gate. And doesn't that just sound like every conspiracy ever? Remember how there was like Pizza Gate? Pizza Gate, Watergate. Watergate. All of these different fucking things. All these man. different gates that are out there just, you know, not doing what they should be doing and just like keeping fucking things in yards, dude. These gates are out there just fucking getting into conspiracy theories and fucking making people in tinfoil hats wild out because Ocean Gate, bro, that's what this incident will mm. probably be called now. And that's all... Isn't, isn't it funny, dude, that all the whole world's been talking about for the last couple of weeks has just been like three billionaires and some retarded son on a fucking makeshift fucking submarine yeah, that's, that that's gone? Who gives a fuck, dude? Hey, when something like this is happening, dude... Look at what else is happening. Something and else what they're not talking happening. about, dude. And there's a whole bunch of shit. I saw a TikTok on it before and I don't remember what he was talking about. Damn, dude. Sounds so intense. Sounds go like and look it up. Hey, look into it, guys. Look into look it. Into oh, it. Are you telling them to do their own research I'm on telling this? people to do their own research. But because, yeah, because yeah, I've heard there was a Pakistani multi-billionaire. Yeah, there. and his son. Yeah, so there was um, yeah, British another British businessman, Hamish Harding, Pakistani businessman, Shazada Darwood and his teenage son, and then some other French cunt called Paul Henry fucking Nagalo or whatever however you say it. The funny thing was, bro, these tickets were two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars for a ticket. Two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. And then have you seen there's a video going around of the CEO Stocko um giving like a tour of this submarine? Have I haven't seen the video. Have you no. seen this? I've seen that it was Dude, controlled with a $40 fucking controller. If I 
had paid two a quarter mil to have a, an experience where I get taken down to see the Titanic and I rock up and this thing has a bag for me to shit in where you just take a shit in a Ziploc bag <laughs> and the controlling mechanism is a fucking Logitech gaming console fucking controller, dude. And the fact that you can't... Dude, the thing was bolted from the outside. You can't lock it from the inside. What? So they get in and the people on the outside bolt it up. There's no mechanism on shit for inside. And the fact that the thing <laughs> itself looks like a fucking flashlight. There's a lot of questions that need a to be A lot answered. of questions, dude. It's hard to feel sorry for people who go through with it. Yeah, I th- it was, and it was the one of the sons of these millionaires. Yeah. Was just like, thanks for the thoughts and prayers. I'm going to Blink 182. Yeah, which is fair enough, dude. I would know for sure that my fucking parents have died and still go to the concert if I had tickets. He's like, dude, the whole That's band's blink, back together. Dude. Yeah, come on, dude. Back Tom's back. Tom's back. Tom Belange is back, Tom's dude. back and Travis is here, dude. I'm Where going. are you? <laughs> and I'm so sorry. That's me with my fucking... <laughs> That's me, dude, my fucking... And it's his stepdad, too. It's his billionaire stepdad. How fucking close of a relationship do you think that a fucking billionaire who... Spends his time trying to make his own submarine to see the Titanic. Has good enough of a relationship with that stepson. No chance, cunt. He's just saying what he needs to say to not look like an asshole in the media. And he's probably just like, I don't care. And the, he, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was a real tweet, but someone had tweeted out that the stepson had said, Hey ladies, I'm single on Twitter. So, like, basically just being like, come marry me and take half type shit. Hilarious. Hilarious, Hilarious, dude. dude. You know, he's definitely, he has definitely said, you're not my real dad. And, and stormed off. <laughs> he, you can tell that he does not give a fuck and that he's just like, dude, you know what? I've you are got- coming on this submarine and that's final. You're not my real dad. Yeah. And then he goes, I've got 400 bucks left in my bank account, right? And here's what happens. Blink-182 rolls in into town. town. You what? My billionaire stepdad, who I'm entitled to inherit some of his money, he's lost at sea. So really, I don't just have $400. I've potentially got $400 million. I'm going to go see Blink, dude. Yeah. Thanks for the thoughts and prayers. Fucking, they just played I Miss You, and I guess, you know what? Somewhat ironic, because I don't miss the cunt at all. No. And here's the thing, dude, is that they were all obviously the first people to go on that guy's submarine and shit. Here's a rule that I have, I think. Don't do something until you've seen at least, I don't know, dude, like a hundred people do it and survive. Yeah, if you're if you're a multi-millionaire, like wouldn't you just use a real submarine? Wouldn't you just use you one know of the ones I mean? that they already use? That just shows that Bring these- up James Cameron, dude. He did it in like the 90s. That just shows that these guys are cheap millionaires. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're the type of millionaires that became a millionaire for a reason by like not putting sauce on their pie. I think, no, no, no. These are, these are people who like, I think what happens with super, super rich people is they get bored 
They get bored because they've done all of the things. And because they've done all of the things and they've been able to do all the things because they made themselves into a billionaire, whether or not you believe that people can make themselves billionaires, that's not, for, that's not what we're debating about right now. This person has become a millionaire. They think that they can just do anything because they've always done everything. Yeah. So they've gone, yeah, I'm a billionaire. I can go down with my own submarine with my own people who have fucking built it, and I'm going to fucking go there. Why? Because I'm, we're going to go and operate in international waters where no one can fucking do it. They, they were breaking laws by doing this whole thing. It was unsanctioned. It was fucking no safety regulations had passed anything. This guy's just eyeballed his submarine and be like, this is going to be sick. Dude, I had no... <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. I dude. had no idea about that. And the, fun, like, the ironic thing about all of it that we haven't touched on is a ship that went to see a ship that sunk, sunk. Yeah. Everyone on board died. Everyone on board basically died. Yeah. Like, With billionaires, like and, really rich people. And were then on did the you see the article that like the husband, one of the husbands on there is married to a chick who's like the great, great granddaughter of like rich people that were on there. Did you see that? No, article? I didn't see that. Oh, fuck. We need to do your own research guy here to fucking Fucking hell, research. dude. I didn't look into that. I mean, I didn't, haven't seen any fucking TikToks on that. But yeah, dude, that's so fucking funny, man. And it was like, we were watching it for a while and there was that big countdown of like, they would only have this amount of oxygen left. They would only have this amount of fucking oxygen left now. You know what I mean? Like everyone was like this big countdown. We're hearing banging. People thought they heard banging in the water. They're going to try and find it. There's millions and millions of fucking dollars around the world is being sent on this fucking rescue mission to, to go and do it. And then the, uh, and then the fucking, the timer ran out, dude. And everyone was like, oh, fuck, dude, they're probably dead. And then I saw someone talking about it yesterday and they were saying that actually they think that the submarine imploded just hours after it got in the water. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Dude. So for like that whole time that everyone was like, we're going to find them. We're going to do it. Like everyone was putting themselves in the position of someone who's trapped in a fucking submarine running out of oxygen and thinking like how scary that would be. Which is true. That would be fucking terrifying. Dude. But it turns out they just got deep enough. And because it was like a fucking a makeshift submarine, it just got to a fucking depth. And then it just went and imploded and it died. Like literally hours into their journey. I saw something where like a guy was breaking down what would actually happen with a submarine if it ran out of oxygen and it was descending at that rate. And he used a lot of big scientific words that I can't remember or pronounce, but apparently, like, it just basically instantly combusted. After, prior to that, it heats up to, like, 375 degrees Celsius internally and then just combusts. So that could have also potentially happened. But I found the article. So, wife of missing subpilot descended from first-class passengers who died on the Titanic. Jesus. How... Many wormholes does this That's fucking spooky. thing have? Yeah, dude. And the fact that like 
all of a lot of the world's most wealthiest people were on the Titanic, and, and there was a couple of them that were against the Federal Reserve, and yeah. then the people who were for the Federal Reserve got off the Titanic, yeah, dude. and then the motherfucker sank, dude. Yeah. And now these billionaires are fucking being taken care of. Sometimes yeah. when billionaires don't want to do what other billionaires do, they're fucking submarine implodes. Some, uh, sometimes you go on an aquatic. Sometimes, sometimes, spooky. Sometimes you go on an aquatic adventure when you don't agree with what the rest of the billionaires in the world want to do. Yeah, exactly. Maybe or maybe this is you. You found a pretty foolproof plan to fake your own death. Yeah, maybe. Maybe these some fucking dudes are sitting on the Peruvian coast somewhere with fucking peroxide, different colored hair, with a fucking big titted booty Latina with right next to them, just fucking with coconut with a fucking straw in it. Yeah, dude. With, sucking. With Tupac. With Tupac. With Tupac just hanging out there too, and he's like, welcome to the island, bro. Yep. And Every, Jeffrey Epstein. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's hanging out. With Tupac and Jeffrey Epstein. Dude. What a fucking crazy cool. island that would be. But that's just like so funny, dude. It's another one of those things too. It's like if you pay 250 grand or something. Yeah. And it, you and you turn up, dude, and there's a fucking the same thing that you use to like beat up prostitutes in Grand Theft Auto is the thing that controls the whole ship. I'm not Getting in, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm not getting in. Not to mention, did you see how small it was? And they're like, it holds eight people and it does. Does it really, dude? They're, apparently they're all like sitting crouched like on their knees and shit. At least if we can say one positive thing about Stockton Rush is when he told him it was a once in a lifetime opportunity, he wasn't lying, <laughs> dude. He was like, that's exactly what you're going to get, you cunts. Dude, imagine paying a quarter of a mil to die. Yeah. That's assisted suicide that's way cheaper than that. Yeah, too. that's an, that's the thing too. Is like wealthy people are a lot more risk adverse. I mean, a lot less risk adverse than regular people. They're like psychologists like reckon that. Like people who become billionaires and successful businessmen, they look at risks as opportunities and they don't like necessarily like poor people with a scarcity mindset. We're like, well, that's risky. Don't do that because it could cost however much money to fix it or it could cost however much it could cost my job yeah, and then yeah, I'll lose my house. Yeah. These fucking dudes are like, yeah, bro, I'll go to the Titanic in this fucking thing. This billionaire built it. We're all billionaires. We obviously all know what we're doing. Why wouldn't this billionaire know what he's doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, but the best part about all of this as well is they saw the Titanic through a screen. That's how you would view it, right? So if this guy had any sense about him, he'd just fucking cruise along like... He just cruised like 20 meters out from shore and just fucking coast up and back and down and then eventually just stop and just fucking play footage from the Titanic. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like plays footage from like what James Cameron put on there or whatever where there's just like, yeah, you see, and there it is. Like it's literally all. just the intro to Titanic, yeah. but just like remove the opening credits. Yeah, and then just finish with the titty pick at the end. Like... <laughs> And he goes, and now you've seen it. And then they just they float back up and he goes, ah, oh, we're back. <laughs> oh, look at that. We're back. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, dude. And what's very funny, man, is I was watching the news the other day and there was this person on who was from their, I think it was maybe from their company or maybe just from the world of water exploration. Yeah, okay. And they were talking about like, you know, these people, these people are adventurers and, you know, and he, he was, what do he say, bro? He goes... 
they were talking about basically there's a lot of criticism of like why would you want to do that <clears throat> and this cunt goes well look we all fly today because of the Wright brothers and their you know their boldness and their you know delusion you know what I mean? He's like, you know, it took them to go out on a limb and do that. And now we have flight. Like he was trying to create, trying to make the comparison that what these guys were doing privatized submarine visits to the ship wreckage four kilometers underneath the fucking surface of the water was the same as people trying to invent flight. Yeah. And I was just sitting there going like, dude, we already have submarines. We already have them. Yeah. The Wright brothers made the first ever one. We already have submarines, dude. What do you mean, cunt? What do you mean, nerd? Fucking nerd, dude. I was like, get this fucking point Dexter off here. Dude, it's a it's an incredibly stupid point to make with like for what So that, dumb. What that guy charged for a ticket. It was $250,000. Surely you couldn't buy a fucking your own submarine for $2 million, bro. Yeah. So Hire like, one, dude. Hey, guys, I've got this submarine. It's going to be sick. And everyone gives you 250k. Then you just go and buy your own submarine, bro. Exactly. Or even just... How much like, does submarines cost? Who knows, dude? Probably, they're, they're a lot. But if you're a billionaire, they're not more than a billion dollars. Yeah, Unless it's you're like trying to get a, a fucking nuclear submarine for the military. It'd be like, you're not. It'd be like buying a new Camry for a fucking... James Cameron got one. Surely you can hit up James Cameron and be like, yo, I want to go to the Titanic. Yeah. Do you have any leads? Hook me up with who? Who did you speak to? Where did you get your submarine? How's Rose doing? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you'd ask him the essential. How far along is the third Avatar movie? Yeah, dude. Are there going to be avatars when I'm seeing the submarine? Is that how you saw them? Is, is that, that where the movie idea came from? Are you are you killing everyone that's trying to go down to the Titanic because you're actually going to go down there and discover there's a whole civilization of otherworldly beings that came from the hollow earth outside and they're about to take over our world? Yeah. Do you believe in lizard people, dude? Do you believe Is in the Nephilim, dude? Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that these are Nephilim giants at the fucking Titanic? And James Cameron is the... Only person Is on the earth only that person it? that they're allowed to talk to? Yeah, dude. James Cameron's a holy prophet. <laughs> And anyone else who tries to go down, they just dies. They just combust. Because the lizard people, bro. If you don't have the funds and the vision and the clout to make three and a half hour long movies that take 10 years to make and make like a billion dollars at the box office, if you don't have that power, your submarine gets fucking imploded, dude. Yeah, dude. You, If you don't have the capability to make multiple millions of dollars through the duration of the longest movies on the planet, then you don't deserve to go deep sea fishing with a few of your billionaire friends you on don't. what would be the stinkiest submarine, bro? Eight cunts in yeah. one fucking submarine. I Imagine know how bad that smells. I dude. know, dude. Two of them. And Pakistani? you got a two Pakistani. Two Pakistani. You got a shit in a fucking plastic bag. You're kidding yourself, bro. We were just talking before. Bloke had a hard time just shitting in a toilet in the dark. In the dark. Imagine you're down underneath. Oh, dude, it's fucking giving me chills thinking about it. Yeah. And then you need to shit. What's going on out in the screen out there? Or as you can see, a bunch of fuck all because we're four kilometers down from the surface of the ocean. The only thing you'll see is the old fucking fish with a light bulb on its head. Bruh, what are you doing? You dumb dogs. Absolute dumb dogs. I mean, honestly, it's obviously not a good thing uh, being men of the Lord now to rejoice in death. I don't rejoice in death. It's no very sad. No rejoicing here. These people did lose. There are people out there that lost 
Husbands, fathers, brothers, sisters, but inherited cetera, millions, etc., etc. But, et but inherited millions. But also at the same time, inherited millions, dude. You can't expect anything less when your husband says, "Hey, I'm paying a quarter of a million dollars to Stockton Rush to go to the bottom of the ocean and look at the Titanic." And she's like, "Oh, cool," and he's like, "Yeah." In his submarine that he made. And did you see that the all the people that worked on his submarine? He tried to do... Dude, he he literally we, went woke and went fucking broke, cunt. He was like, I don't hire straight white men because they're not inspirational. So the whole team that was like working on his fucking submarine were like full-blown diversity hires. And obviously, probably best in their field. Obviously, honestly, most of the people in that field are probably not straight white dudes. But at the end of the day, you're still going to make the stuff. That's fucked. And you need a corn-fed blue-collar boy who probably has maybe may or may not have committed domestic violence <laughs> to do the fucking welding on your submarine, cunt. Dude, that's, that is fucking insane that, you know what, dude? We don't rejoice in death, but uh, look... But when the when the when it's an, when, uh, when, it, when the billionaire like word is in front of it, it's a little easy to take. Oh, hundred percent. What a dumb! What a bunch of dumb dogs. Dumb dogs, mate. What are you going to do about them? Nothing. Let them build submarines. Let them build. Su- look, let people got to. We got to let people take look, themselves out. Th- I think. Here's the thing, Taylor. Here's what I'll tell you. Right, there is people in this world. That have billions of dollars that build submarines that charge people a quarter of a million dollars to come on their submarine. Yeah. There's those kind of people. And then there's more common folk, guys like me and you, guys like the disciples out there that listen each and every week. Working men. Three plus hours into a podcast of drunken debauchery. And those people out there, they don't have billions of dollars. They don't go on these lucrative submarines that never return to the surface. They just get out there... And they work from Monday to Friday, typically. They have a beer. They enjoy themselves. They have another beer. They keep enjoying themselves. And eventually, they go to the bathroom and they piss out their dick. (laughs) 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 And when the day comes, when the boys are out there and they've wet the whistle and they're enjoying themselves. They've got their beak wet. Their beak is well and truly damp. And they go out there and they piss out their dick. Mm. They go, good God, it's good to be a common folk. And good God, it's good to be a disciple. Yeah, good Lord, it's good God, it's good to not be fucking imploded in the Atlantic Ocean. Hell yeah, dude, just get imploded on the piss. Keep smoking weed every day. Keep, uh, what else do they do? Hey, keep giving us five-star ratings. If yeah. you made it this far... <laughs> My God, dude, if you made it this Follow far, us bro. on Instagram too. Fucking get if, around my fucking clips, man. I fucking, I know the quality shit, but I'm fucking just doing what I got to do. Boy's doing what he's got to do. He's posting clips, man. Get around the lad. Uh, that's at Taylor Coftree. Follow me, underscore. Uh, sorry, yeah. Oh, fuck. Bradley Bishop. Just look it up, dude. How many sick cunt Bradley Bishops can there be in the Surely in the world? you know by if now. You type in Bradley Bishop and then just say like sick cunt. Hopefully it comes up. But I'm pretty sure my Instagram is Bradley Bishop with an underscore at the end. Uh, the best way to help the podcast organically grow, if you're interested in that, if you're a man of the Lord, if you're a, look, 
if you're a real one, if you're a true disciple out there, the best way to help this podcast grow is to share it in your Instagram stories as well. And just say, look, there's two men of the Lord out there ripping and tearing and we need to get around them. So if you do that, don't forget to tag us, of course. Then we can share it to some dumb dogs that we know. Then hopefully those dumb dogs listen. And if enough dumb dogs listen and if enough dumb dogs (laughs) give us some five-star ratings wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll stop calling you dumb dogs. Then other dumb dogs will find Find it, dude. And those, yes. Those dumb dogs would be like, wait, there's, so there's a many, whole community Dude, there's of so dumb many dogs dumb dogs out there <laughs> that <laughs> would love us dumb dogs talking about dumb dog stuff. Dumb dog. Like, because we are a dumb dog, We too. are, yeah, we're dumb dogs. Some would say we're the dumbest dogs. Dumbest dogs. And uh, look, <laughs> this is what happens when you haven't seen your boy in three weeks. You look, get a little bit loose and you get a little bit carried away. That's and my favourite thing, but yeah, getting loose, getting carried away, dude. Being a dumb dog. Saying things that definitely need to be edited out. Yeah, a lot of editing has gone into this. <laughs> what you guys have heard is by this far the most be... chilled edition of what I could make this <laughs> to keep us on the airwaves, boys, because I've got oh. jerseys to hand out. There's disciples out there. Um, oh, bro, we didn't talk about the other brown paper bag signing with... Um, with with Mr. Dallas Daystone, uh, with Mr. Dallas Dallas, with Mr. Dallas Stone, yeah, and and the re- and the reports of Sir Jared Mullen might be joining. The Dude, team. that's a this is a big scout. This is a big get for us. And we we floated the idea out there of brown paper bags brown to paper get bags. to get Dallas and uh, Jared Mullen on. Now look, it isn't confirmed a hundred percent. Although it did look. Like it was, there was a lot of trade rumors going around on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, Taylor, but I certainly saw it. The trade rumors were going around that the boys have signed. So we will need to maybe have a private meeting with Dallas and, uh, and yeah. Jared. And we'll wait for numbers. the official club announcement, but let's just say, let's just say the balls are roll. The balls roll. It's on the way. Like Ben Hunt is on his way to the Broncos. Oh, Ben <laughs> Hunt is on his on. way to the Bronx, dude. <laughs> Welcome Get. home, Ben. Come home, Ben. Please, dude. We won't disrespect you, bro. We would have... Bro, Ben, imagine how many Brisbane fucking board members and blokes would rocked up for your 300th game dinner if it was in your home, brother, where you oh, belong. Yeah. They in should the sunshine state of Brisbane, dude. We would not have let you down. The thick dick of the north would have grown an inch. They'll probably throw him one. They'll probably throw him a dinner. They would have. They would have done. They'd be like, "Hey, come up here, son. They we'll, would have, we'll celebrate with you. Yeah, we'll treat you like the king that you are." So Ben, come back to the thick dick of the north. Go the thick dick of the north. Long live the thick dick of the north. Top of the table, bruh. I'm loving it. Taylor Coffey, mate. Thank you for coming on. Mate. Thank you for spending close to five hours with me. It's uh, mate. Ne- always a pleasure, never a chore. Getting mate. carried away and. Uh, Like we said, boys, don't forget to smoke weed every day and chill to the next episode. Yeah. There we go, son. Uh, uh, uh. D-R-E. You've done it, mate.